All right, welcome to uh, Sunday School, brought to you by Hedge Better Technologies. I am uh, joined by producer Jay himself. No, if you guys have been listening to uh, the other Hedge Better podcasts that have been out, thank you for supporting. Uh, and you're very familiar with producer Jay and not myself. Uh, my name is Ryan O'Hare. I, uh, you know, I, I don't love the uh, whole. Like this is like a pet peeve of mine. I've always, or just I've always hated the intro thing. Like you know, first day of school. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my name. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, One yeah. fact. What's your favorite? What's your favorite? What's your yeah, favorite yeah, food? Yeah. Oh, I love pizza too. Like, yeah, yeah. No, no. I, I hate that. All right, but I'll I'll play the game. Um, I'm Ryan. I love football. I love. He does love football. I love. I love gambling. I love. Gambling. Uh, I love. I love pizza. I do love pizza. Yeah. And you know what? I am. I am pretty religious. Um, it's why I named this Sunday School. Um, but I mean, my religion, our, our main, we're pretty strict, and we only have really one rule, and that is to just sit on your ass from yeah. 1 p.m. to 10, 1 p.m. to 10 p.m. Yeah. From September to February. Um, that's really all we like. You know, that's really all we are asked to do yeah sunday sunday is a day of worship for us we uh it, it started back in a little uh a little uh what, what, what could we call it a little vestibule in <laughs> in tj vernon's backyard where yeah. we didn't even need to text each other we would just be there by yep. kickoff on sundays and we wouldn't leave until sunday night football ended and uh over the years the the tradition has, has evolved a little bit i think sometimes we bounce around from spot to spot but general consensus is the same on sunday pretty much everyone knows uh to just kind of leave us alone because we're not going to do anything with anybody yeah yeah no yeah. i mean it all started at the garage uh yeah. we kept that going for a while yeah don't talk to us don't expect anything from us i'm not going to give you anything on sunday like no. i tell my girlfriend physically and emotionally unavailable on yeah. sundays sorry. I'm sorry. sorry i got school it's, sunday a, big, it's school. a big portion of the year which is like <laughs> You know, 18 weeks now. Really is, yeah. Oh, but yeah, we get job. an extra week. It's a job. You yeah. Know, you know, we're, we're invested. Uh, someone's got to do it, though. Someone's got to do it. You yeah. Know? It's we're invested us, in so many things, you know, fantasy football, survivor leagues. So, you know, all this crazy nonsense. Now a podcast. What? And now, now a podcast. A po- and now a podcast we we have to really keep up with this stuff. Yeah, you know. So. I'm, nev- I'm never going to guarantee that I'm going to get every pick right because I'd be talking out of my ass, but I can guarantee you that I will give a 100% effort on all my picks. And, For sure. You know, I do my homework. I, I do it. And sometimes I do it a little wrong. But, you know, I learn my lessons yeah. and uh, just keep moving forward. That's what life's all about. And you're going to learn a lot of lessons by uh, listening to Sunday School. So, And you know what? I think, too, the best we can do is, look, we can't all be necessarily, and we might wind up being like this, who knows, but shows like The Tale of the Tape, presented by Hedge Better, The Scramble, presented by Hedge Better, those guys just stack units, and they're just consistently giving yeah. good picks, correct picks week after week. We're not necessarily saying we're going to be as correct and as accurate as them but we're going to do the same thing in the sense that we're going to give you our picks and we're going to talk you through it logically and rationally how like a bunch of dudes would think about it and if you like what we're saying and you like what we're thinking maybe you ride with us if you don't and we're a bunch of morons you fade us it's simple yeah and i'm uh, always open to you know some criticism uh you know if i 
give you something that you just don't like, send me a message and, and call me an idiot. I'm, I'm all about it. All about it. I'm all about the t- uh, talking trash and all that. So, And any messages calling me an idiot can be directed towards Ryan O'Hare. Yes, yes, yes. Yep, at Ryan underscore yes. O'Hare. Yes. Um, sure, I'm, I'm all about it. So, yeah, uh, we have a big, exciting week. We do. Week one. We've, uh, it's Wednesday right now as we're filming this. So, tomorrow, we have the opening night game. Let's the go. The defending champion, Tampa Bay, or Tampa, Tampa Bay Tampa Buccaneers, Bay. <laughs> led by the one, Tom Brady. They will be taking on the uh, Dallas Cowboys. Dak Prescott makes his comeback after that horrible injury last year. Yeah. Everyone is really uh, excited to see him back out. Reports say that he's 100%. We all want to know. Yeah, I, I mean... I you can be at 100%. Is he 100% mentally? That's a big thing. Have you, did, were you looking at my notes? I literally wrote Dak 100% physically but mentally question mark that's why we do this together because i guess we're just we just think alike i mean i mean all right so let's just get into it um so yeah some news and notes kind of regarding this game uh zach martin very important is he left guard i believe he's either the left guard or is he could he even be the center is he center now he might even be said he i think he bounces around but he is uh yeah he's he's a key cornerstone of that uh offensive literally like yeah, one of the best alignment in the league. He's got COVID or is on the COVID list, yeah. and he will not be playing in tomorrow night's game, uh, which is a huge loss considering, Massive. I mean, the defensive line for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is like, whatever you want to say, you can call them the best, but they're at least top three. <laughs> uh, they're so, up there. I mean, they finished last year as the number one run defense in football, so you got to give them their yeah. credit. I think it's two years now back-to-back that they've, and giving up the fewest rushing yards. So, that I mean, that was even before Tom Brady. Right. But, yeah, I remember that, before. actually, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, so, and they just I mean, brought not, everybody not, back. Not like he plays defense, but just <laughs> saying, like, they've been they've been a pretty good uh, front seven for a couple of years now, and they literally brought back all 22 starters yep. uh, from last year's Super Bowl team. So, yeah, um, I wouldn't want to be Dallas having to deal with that with an O-line that isn't, you know, your best O-line. Um no, Z coming off of kind of a bum year, too. Yeah, I know. It's, it's going to be a tough matchup for him. Um, I think he's, overall this year he's going to do, obviously, I think last year it was just a fluke in yeah. a way. Uh, he, you know, how do you run behind an average to below average offensive line with Andy Dalton slash Ben DiNucci slash, I don't even know, uh, you, you Gilbert? Yeah. Like, I mean, everyone – could snuff that out and it was just not a it was just not pretty to watch no and that, and that was kind of the big thing too that i think flew under the radar for a lot of people last year because everyone focused on the dak prescott injury by the second half of the the season there was a point where the cowboys were not starting a single starter on their offensive line they had a completely makeshift line that they played with i believe it was the last like seven or eight games uh six seven eight games of the season and that was not the the Cowboys offense that we're going to hopefully see tomorrow night like you said Zach Martin's out but that should still and again is Dak Prescott mentally ready but all in all should hopefully see some uh see some good things out of the Cowboys I would hope Hope. yeah sure I mean I think uh so on the Bucks side we only really had one injury to maybe talk about yeah it was Chris Godwin who popped up uh with a quad injury 
which would be a huge loss uh, for this Tampa Bay Bucks offense. But uh, really, would it be a big loss? I feel like they would still be completely fine. Uh, they would be completely fine. And it a quad bruise tells me like he took like a knee or like helmet to like the leg and like mm-hmm. he and just they were just resting. Yeah, maybe. Exactly. So I mean, that's what uh, just as of three hours ago, we found out that he practiced fully today and he is off the injury report and will be a full go. So. Um, it sounds like no one, the only guy really missing for Tampa Bay possibly might be Joe Bernard, the new pass. He's even, he's even healthy but, right now, but technically, I, but I, I guess, think he's yeah. going to play. Yeah. So I, I mean, when it comes to who's playing and health, Tampa's got the edge there. They got the yeah. better team, all starters. So, yeah, I mean, the big matchup to watch with this one is the defensive line of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the offensive line with dallas i mean if if Fisher. if we see a repeat of what happened in the super bowl last year with kansas city's offensive line just you know letting every pass rusher get to their quarterback this is gonna be an ugly game tomorrow Wait, especially with dak who yeah. like you know they're telling him like hey if they get to you just throw it away yeah, like we don't, don't we this is it's not a good matchup tough, for them. Tough first game back for Dallas. They, they got a tough. Really yeah. tough. Yeah. You got to think this is the type of game where, honestly, you would think typically in a normal game script like this when you have a quarterback who's coming back from injury and you kind of want to nurse him, like let him get comfortable, and you have an all-star running back like Zeke, this is technically where you'd like to be able to like rely on him for a game like this and like yeah. let him be like you know the, load, the load-bearing guy. But then you talk about the fact that you're going up, like you said, against a defense who's twice in a row been the best rushing defense in the league. And that makes you say, well, I'm kind of screwed if I do, screwed if I don't. So, like, you know. Pick your poison right now. And, I mean, let's talk. I mean, if Dallas right now, we'd be talking about them in a much different tone if they were playing the Detroit Lions on Sunday. And not, like, I would pick them to win. I would, yeah. I would, I mean, maybe not by law, but I mean, they would, they would actually be able to rely on Zeke to 20 yeah. to 25 touches. 100%. Pollard, too. I mean, like, yeah. they would just give them a lot of touches, a little dinky dump off stuff, and they yeah. could win that game easily. But right. that's not going to work against the Super Bowl no, champs. So no, no, no. I don't know what they're going to pull out of their, uh, they might pull out some tricks. Yeah. I don't know what they're going to do, but. It should be interesting. It should, and that I think kind of brings brings us to our big question. I know I was actually talking about it with my cousin. The spread started, I believe, initially the spread opened up at Tampa Bay. It was about minus six, and then it went all yep. the way up there to nine and a half. I might have even gotten to ten, Whoa. and now I think it's back down at, what, eight? Minus I never eight? saw it get to nine and ten. Um, it could have. That I, that was, I believe, a day or two ago, and then oh, it, wow. it, it came a little bit back down to earth. Yeah, mm. I think with the reported potential Godwin injury, it uh, maybe came back down a little cool, bit. But yeah, cool, cool, cool. I got it at eight and a half. Nice. Um, I mean, I know some people that did get it like early, six and a half, seven. Yeah, it was at seven, seven and a half for a long time. Yeah. Um, and then the Zach Martin news came out, and they bumped it up to eight and a half. So the, yeah. that I think. That definitely plays a huge factor. Um, yeah, so, I mean, spoiler alert, I have Tampa minus eight and a half. I just think they're going to win by double digits. Uh, I know the over-under is like 52, and I am I feel I'm not strong about that at all. I could totally see this being like a 27 to 
13 game or something. You know what I mean? It could. Like, I feel like the opening game is always just a little like sloppy. Bold. Yeah, just a little sloppy, maybe. I think it could definitely be sloppy. I mean, you think about the fact that like I, I know how good Tampa Bay closed the season out, but they really did get off to a slow start. Uh, Tom included. And so, you know, will they come out firing off the gate? Could they potentially come out to another slow start? And then you look at the fact that, like you said, the Cowboys are missing one of their cornerstone offensive linemen and Dak's coming back from an injury. It's like you could easily see like a sloppy game that oh, doesn't I can, light I mean, I can see a world where Dallas doesn't score a touchdown. So yeah. if, we, if we want to put them at six or nine points, I can totally see that. Yeah, I mean um, – my first glance at the game, like a few weeks ago, I was like, "Oh, this could be a shootout." But now my my stance has kind of changed a little bit, and I'm like, "All right, this could be, you know, Tampa getting off to an early lead, yeah. maybe like seventeen to three by half, and then like they just run the ball and kind of get boring the second half because they know they kind of have it in the bag." Like, you know what I mean? Oh, for sure. Um, I mean, I'm I'm gonna go ahead and say Tampa, uh, Tampa thirty-one to. Uh, I'm gonna, you know, just 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 for just for the sake of of poetic justice because we know how vegas likes to operate the line is 52 i'm gonna say uh it's gonna be bucks 31 cowboys uh 20 31 20 (laughs) 31 20 31 20 all right cool i mean i didn't want to have to sweat this bet uh but it looks like i have (laughs) like like that's the thing uh there's take the over or under I, see, that's the thing. Like, I, I'm not going to touch it. Okay. Um, that's how I feel about it. I feel like you're. I feel like you're totally right. Like, some way, somehow, it's going to be around that 50 to 54 right. range. Like, it's just, just going to yeah. be gross. It's I don't want to screw someone. I don't no want to have to deal with like some bullshit field goal at the end. So you know what? I only do those when I feel really confident about like, you know, both offenses sucking or both defenses being great. Like right. in this scenario, I'm kind. I, you know, I'm not getting a good feel but about how many points will be scored. Since you gave out a score, I will too. It'll be uh, Bucks 27, Cowboys 13. All right. 27. So I guess I'm an under guy. I'm a, a 27, 13. Yeah. I don't know. It's just, uh, yeah, I feel like the Bucks, you know, once they get a pretty good feel, I, I think they're going to dominate. So I yeah. feel like, like second half, it will just be kind of like, you know, I don't think they'll like take their foot off the gas pedal. No, no, no. They, I mean, Tom Brady wants to put up records. No, they won't do that. <laughs> I, I feel like it's going to be one of those yeah. things where if if Dallas comes out to a hot start and Tampa Bay doesn't, that's Whoa. pretty much Dallas's only chance. Like if Tampa Bay starts oh, off hot, I don't sure. think Dallas is going to make a second half comeback on these guys. No. I know. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be, yeah. I, I'm rooting for a good game, but not at the same time because I know where my money will be at. Yeah. Um, yeah. No. It's. Uh, I think. I mean, there's like there's a few guys in this league right now that really care about like their image and like what their stats are. And right now, I mean, they're both older quarterbacks, Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. This year, I think like they literally will have all the say in like kind of like how things operate. Yeah. No matter what time of the game, like. Aaron Rodgers, all those one-yard passes to Devontae Adams, patting the stats. Tom Brady, he wants to pat the stats right now. Yeah. He's in a situation where he can. He wants to break records at age 44, and he probably will. So Yeah, oh, no, full speed ahead. So, all right, yeah, I mean, my under pick. It, I mean, I'm not picking the under, but I'm just saying, like, yeah, like, watch out. Tom Brady might 
just not give a fuck and oh, throw yeah. five touchdowns and 400 yards. Come on, make a statement. <laughs> yeah, he might. Yeah. He very much might. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's 5-0 and against Dallas in his career. Oh, uh, yeah. And I, mean, I think I saw another stat. Uh, yeah, I follow this account called Brady Fans Only or something. Uh, it was something about his opening games after a Super Bowl win. So, like, when he, whenever he's the super defending Super Bowl champ opening night, he's got, like, really, really good numbers. Ooh. Uh, let's see what these are. Oh, wow. He just posted. Um, Tom Brady on opening night after Super Bowl win. 5-1 and one record. 305 yards per game touchdown to interception ratio is 15 to 1 i like those numbers i like those too um especially against a defense that didn't like i mean they they were dog shit last year the cowboys and the only addition they made a good one micah parsons uh like a very good heavy favorite for like you know defensive player defensive rookie player of the year yeah yeah he's good i mean i've I've liked what I've seen from him, but I mean, relying on a rookie line linebacker is uh, to you know make up for points is not something you really want in on opening no. night against a Super Bowl team against no. Tom Brady. So. No, I think uh, yeah, I think if you yeah if you're out there, I think we can all agree that uh, Bucks probably going to cover the spread, and uh, if you got a big parlay that you just want to add an extra leg to just for the hell of it, just probably throw the Bucks money line in there. Just okay. see what it does. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. You if know? you're doing a yeah. Yeah, I you know, agree. like you got a four team parlay, make it a five team and throw the Bucks money line. Yeah, it. yeah. yeah. I, I like that. That's smart. But, I don't do that often, but No, I but should. I think it's I think it, it's, it's smart you know? every now and then. Like, oh, you know, add a add a team that's like minus three hundred money line. <laughs> yeah, why not? That's smart. Thanks, we'll Justin. That's we'll really see. good advice. Watch, watch they get watch them get spanked. <laughs> I'm gonna be off to a really poor start. Like <laughs> like I'm gonna go into work Friday like miserable if they lose that game yeah it's 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 crazy that we're at the time of year again where uh complete day like moods afternoons days weeks weekends can be decided solely on how a bunch of grown men play sports and yeah we're we're at that point again guys we are i hate that you said that because it makes me feel a little uh you know and when I say grown men, I mean men that are on average like four years younger than us. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Oh, I love football. Yeah. All right. Uh, so, yeah, that's the Thursday night game. I know you guys will all be watching it. And, uh, yeah, you know, it should be a really – it's going to be awesome. It's I mean, going to be, be awesome. awesome. And, like, I, and I think there's going to be an awesome Sunday, too. I, I know we're going to oh, get yeah. into all these games. I was looking at them because it's funny because we have uh, – you know, we talked about a bunch of things we got going on. We do the uh, the pick'em leagues, the the survivor pools. Sure. Uh, there are no easy games mm-hmm. week one. It's a lot of good matchups. So, usually, you take advantage of that. Yeah, I'm glad you said that. Uh, I've, I'm usually not doing the survivor leagues because I usually usually uh, put fantasy into like there. That's like my number one right thing I usually do. Um, so I usually just say like, ah, no, I'm good with that. But this year I have – I'm going to be joining a couple of Survivor Leagues, nice. and I've been looking at the spreads. And there's some that, you know, like make you pick like like a spread. Right. I I, I mean, right, we're just The one with Josh's I think is just money line. Okay, just yeah, money, line. money line. That's cool. That's the original – that's the OG. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'll be definitely diving into that. And, <laughs> like, honestly, like I usually don't want to pick the teams that I love in a – like, I don't know. I don't want to pick the team that is just a, a layup right, up, right off the bat. Right. Like, 
spoiler alert, like love the Bucks and the Rams this year. And they both will will win this week. I think so. I don't like using up that I don't pick either. in Survivor Me week one, but I think I will one of those teams just because of how uncertain how the other ones like, are. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah, they're just like all those. I, I mean, I've I talked to you before we got on. There's seven games that have a minus three spread on it. So, like, I'm not going to be touching those in a survivor pool. None of those. Uh, there's a few games I really like out of those. Like, but I'm not willing to do that on week one for me. No. I uh, in a survivor pool, I definitely would not be picking any of these spread any of the games that have a minus three spread for my week one. Survivor no, pick. well, you know what? Why don't we, you want to you want to take it from the top, and maybe at the end we each give a pick for like who we would take in a survivor pool this week. Oh yeah, yeah. Let's not yeah. give our pick right now. Yeah, we won't bust. Our I, I don't even know but, what my pick is right now, but I do. I, I, do, I do know what my pick. is. I have an idea for a bold pick, but I'm gonna I'm gonna think cool. on it while yeah, we yeah, we're gonna, while we analyze. So yeah, we're gonna go through uh, like all the week one matchups right let's now. Do right? Let's, let's do it. Let's do it. Take them the top Sunday morning, baby. Yeah. Well, I wish it was Sunday morning oh, when yeah. these games are on in yes, Vegas. Have you ever day. been to Vegas when? Uh, no, but what's that like an eight thirty start? Games 10, start at ten a.m. Ten a.m. Oh, over there. Beautiful. I've never been. I've been to Vegas twice, but never for for like a football Sunday. I don't think, at least. I feel like it really I mean, depends it, on how your Saturday yeah, yeah. is. Like, yeah. if you go off on a Saturday night, I think waking up and like, oh, for like going 10 to brunch, football. going to brunch and. Watching the game, no, watching right. watching kind of... the Pats play against the Dolphins. Yeah, Come on, at 10 a.m. All right, all right, all right. With a mimosa, of... yeah, or a white Russian or something. Come right, on, I that, like that sounds like a. Uh, right, check that... check how much the flights are <laughs> to Vegas. Um, yeah, so some one o'clock games that we have going on. Let's just start off with the first. Well, I mean, they're all at the same time. I'm an idiot. Uh, all right, right here I got. Let's start off with the Bills and Steelers. It is at Buffalo. Uh, the spread is six and a half in favor of Buffalo. Uh, they obviously made it to the AFC Championship last year. Everyone's all about them now. They're the new hot thing. Everyone is, you know, calling Josh Allen the new MVP. Uh, people are calling this Big Ben's last year. Uh, he looked like dog shit at the end of last yeah, year. Yeah. It was not. Was, I don't think it was left, his fault. They left a bad taste in your mouth, uh, you know, at the end of that season. Like, you know, yeah, no, it wasn't. It wasn't pretty. And they have so many weapons. They add Najee Harris. Uh, their uh, their O line is a little bit of a question mark, but I mean, other than that, I mean, they have the playmakers. They can certainly. I mean, what do you think about Pittsburgh? Like, full I, season or just in this game? So I think. I look at Pittsburgh and I say, okay, this was a team that started off. It was what ten and zero, I believe. They were ten and zero, and why did they fall off? They fell off after that loss to Washington because I believe teams started to figure out that they were super one dimensional, right? Like it also it coincides with when their running game fell off. Like everything kind of fell apart, and like the O line, like and Big Ben couldn't stand back there and like thread the needle like he was the first ten weeks of the season, right? Uh I think now that they have Najee Harris, obviously that that changes things, right? There's a big game changer. Like it makes it, you know, their offense way more dynamic. They're no longer just strictly like a passing threat. That O line is still sketchy, though. I need to see what happens to that O line. They lost a couple dudes like Alejandro Villanueva. I don't really know, um, but I like to think that the Steelers 
will be a good team this year. Yeah. That defense only got better. They had a Melvin Ingram pretty True. much returned to everybody. Yeah. Healthy. Yeah, no, I mean, they're going up literally some people are calling the Bills or like like after the Chiefs, people are calling the Bills two seed now though. Oh yeah. So at home, this is a tough game. Uh this this one will be probably fun to watch. I I mean Right off the bat, I think Pittsburgh's a good enough offense to make this close, right? Yeah. Don't you think? Like, they should. But Buffalo, I mean, they kind of added in the draft. They kind of beefed up that front seven a little bit with some rookies. And, you know, they also added the corner opposite of Tredavious White, I think. Oh, no, wait. No, I got that wrong. Sorry. Uh, yeah, no, they should have. They should have added. No, I had. I remember. I just remember like mocking some guy, yeah. Greg Newsom, to them. Oh he yeah, went, yeah, yeah, He went to the Browns instead, or yeah. And he's yeah. a stud over there now. Is he? Yeah. Oh, really? He is. Thanks. And I think. I think the thing with the Bills too. Here's the thing that I just. The Bills almost remind me of the Steelers from last year that had a younger Ben Roethlisberger, like back when Big Ben could like sling and was mobile and like could take hits and stuff like that, like kind of Josh Allen is. The Bills are a team that really doesn't have much of a running game, right? And you think no. about it, they were pretty much <coughs> across the board, like number one in every category for like, you know, passing percentage, like sets of having like three or four receivers like on the, on the field all that stuff like they want to pass the ball right yeah if you're a team like the Steelers, you can kind of game plan around that and make like josh allen uncomfortable like mm-hmm. cover the cover those receivers downfield and like force them to kind of run the ball a little bit yeah you never yeah. know yeah never Pitt know. can definitely make this a uh, uncomfortable game right week one against josh allen. like josh allen might be like oh shit right. you know they, it, oh, they kind of figured me out. Like, a good coach can definitely figure out. That's what I'm most intrigued by this season is, mm. like, we saw some really poor, like, completion percentage out of Josh Allen in his first two years, and then this happened. Yeah. I think he might regress a little bit. But, like, I mean, eye test tells me, like, this dude can sling the ball. So, I... I oh, he can sling. But, you know, just... I, I've This whole offseason, there's been, like reports about and they're all just reports but like you know a lot of like nfl executives think like this will be the year like teams figure out lamar jackson like josh allen's a guy that like he could get figured out like he could get figured out because he has shown that he can turn the ball over in his first two years like big time (laughs) like he was not making good decisions at all that but that's the thing like like not everyone's going to come out the gate like Patrick Mahomes and be like a, of a stud. Not. So, like, there's growing pains with everyone. And, you know, like maybe Josh Allen, maybe those first two years were just growing pains. And now he's going to be a top five quarterback for the rest of his career. Maybe. But this is the year This is the year that we find out. For sure. For and sure. I, I, what do you think? Let me ask you this. Do you think Lamar Jackson doesn't get enough credit as a passer? Because I kind of do. You think he's overrated or I think he's underrated? underrated. I think he's underrated, underrated as, as a, a passer. passer. I think we like to talk a lot about his legs and his dynamic playmaking ability, but I think he's a better passer than people give him credit for. I think my I I, I mean, I think he can like throw a pretty decent like deep ball. Like I and I the the only question I have with him is I guess those short to intermediate throws, like can he consistently be accurate? Consistently and, kind of make the right make the right reads, make right. the right throws, make the smart throws, yeah. and choose to, you know, 
throw that like three yard drag instead of running the ball. Like he's really good at running the ball. So like, you know, I don't want to take that away from him, but like how long is that really going to be part of your game? Like, you know what I mean? We saw it with Cam Newton. A hundred percent. Like Cam Newton tried to make that a huge part of his game and look where he is now. Like now his arm is dangling off and he doesn't have a job. And yeah, I know it's like, you don't want that to happen to Lamar Jackson too. Like that's, but it's also a big strength in this game. So I, that's another quarterback. Yeah. Both quarterbacks, uh, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson is, you know, the ceiling is like ridiculous and he could be a really good passer. If he, you know, has the right weapons around him. And right now they all seem to be hurt or they suck. Because Sammy Watkins sucks. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, he'll go. Yeah, like, every, the running joke. He'll go off like week one, and then he'll suck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know. Yeah, I mean, right now, it, nothing has changed in Baltimore for me. That other than that, they lost J.K. Dobbins, yep. and that they. I know, like we were talking about Pittsburgh and Bills here, but we got a little off track. But still, right. the Baltimore offense is from last year. Nothing's changed except for it's got worse. Like at the beginning of the offseason we were like oh they added Rashad Bateman they added Sammy Watkins they're add like they're gonna be actually like a, you're gonna have to worry about them passing the ball but now Rashad Bateman's hurt and Sammy Watkins I, I don't care he's gonna get hurt or he's just gonna suck so yeah. now you just have Hollywood you just have Mark Andrews and you don't have J.K. Dobbins so it's you're back to square one I don't think they're gonna be able to light the world on fire passing no I agree. But yeah, back to back. Speaking of square one, what's what's up what's not up next at one o'clock? What do we got after that? Yeah, so uh well first, what do you think, Bills or Pittsburgh? If is, it, is, that, is that what are the three point? Six and a half. No, six, six and a half for the Bills? Six and a half minus six and a half right. for the Bills. I I I'm gonna take the I'm gonna take the Steelers at the points. I like I like the Steelers. I like Steelers. Points. I think that'll just be a good game. Yeah. I think Bills win, but I'll yeah. I am just betting on a close game. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, cool. Got off track there, but whatever. It happens. Uh, another one that I know you're super intrigued to watch, and I am as well. Revenge game. Sam Darnold at home yes. with his new team against the babyface Zach Martin from Disney Channel, a.k.a. <laughs> Zach Wilson. Uh, he's been glowing in the preseason. Everyone wants to see him, and he's Gonna have a pretty good opportunity to show out against a Carolina defense that sucked last year. Yeah. They had JC Horn. They yeah. their D line was pretty young, so people are thinking, you know, D line might be a little bit better this year. Um, but yeah, you know, this is a, a plus five spread uh for the Jets at Carolina. What are we thinking? I mean, look, I I'm a believer in Let's, let me start with the Jets. I'm a believer in uh, Robert Sala as the coach. I think he's great. I think he's the perfect dude for that job. I'm actually a believer for right now in Zach Wilson until I see otherwise, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know what much else there is to say, though, for that Jets team on the defense. Granted, that you know Sala will probably get that defense to play above their capabilities, but their capabilities to begin with is a very low floor right how soon can he turn that team that defense around right how how soon can he turn that defense around and how soon can he get even a a, a good rookie with potential to be a good nfl 
quarterback um, on day one with you know an offensive unit that's still they're kind of being cobbled together. Like I feel like their receiving core still doesn't have like a set like identity, like in terms of who's like whose role is what. what like what's the pecking order? Exactly. Like, what's the pecking there, there order? There isn't one. There isn't yeah. one. The backfield still kind of doesn't have one either. No starting. Um, no, and then their yeah. O line. I, I don't think their O lines awful but i think they're maybe average at best so i think they're a little above average are they, they a little above guys. average yeah uh i think they added to it recently too so okay so yeah maybe it's a decent no line but now to the panthers okay i need everybody and i'm gonna save my true enthusiasm for the guy coming up okay. in a little bit but i need everybody to recognize what sam darnold has had to put up with oh, in his man. In his short career in the NFL, he's going on what? I believe this is what year four now? Is it four um, or five? So they picked up his fifth year option. So this is year four. This is year four. Yeah. Okay, exactly. All right. So this is year four now for Sam Darnold. For three years, Sam Darnold had to play with Adam Gase. Okay, mm. Adam Gase, the offensive disaster. Just absolutely no clue what he was doing at all. Just embarrassment of a coach. He made that organization an embarrassment of of an organization. Uh, and again, he was competing with the likes of like Tom Brady in the, in the AFC East. He was screwed. That organization sucked. That coach sucked. That team sucked. And everyone forgets, he came into the league like what, 19, 20 years old? He I think is, he turned 20 after he got drafted. Yep, yeah, probably one of the youngest quarterbacks to ever start in a game. Exactly. Yeah. So he's coming in now in his fourth year. Still only, I believe, Super 23 <laughs> years old. Yeah. He has weapons now. He's got DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson. He's got Christian McCaffrey. He is back. Uh, he's back, dude. He's got he's got a decent coach, hopefully, down there. He's got a young team around him, a, a budding O&D line. Like, that's a team that could surprise people and win more games than people think. I know. And I think they're going to come out firing on week one. I like Whoa. Sam Darnold. I think they come out. And even though I'm kind of high on... Zach Wilson and Robert Sala, I think, I think they get their their pants speed off for okay. the Panthers week one. I, um, this one has I've been like teetering on this one for a while, and you know what? I think I'm like leaning the Jets here. Are you? I'd rather the points because I think this could be a really good game. Uh huh. And I'll, I, the main reason is because I think. That the O line for the Carolina Panthers is a weakness, and the strength of the New York Jets' defense is their front seven. So we've all seen what Sam Darnold can do when he is "quote unquote" seeing ghosts. Um, it could like I'm not I'm not saying the Jets' D line is gonna make him look that bad. I'm just saying like eh, it might not. Click right away for the Panthers' offense. Okay. I, I, I'm with you, though. I am totally with you that the Panthers' offense has a lot of potential. Yeah. And even their defense is improving from last year. And I saw their regular season win total at 7.5. And, and I, if I had to bet on that, I would probably bet the over. I think they're probably going to come in second place in that division. I mean, Bucks are obviously going to go crazy. and But the other two teams are just blah. Yeah. Falcons and Saints. Yeah. So... Yeah, no, I I think the sky's the limit for the Panthers, but maybe just not week one. I think the Jets, you know, with some better coaching and Zach Wilson, he, you know, I think that could be a really close game, a really competitive game. And I, you know, I know, like we said, like the receivers and the running backs and 
they're not really like they don't really know like who's the one who's the two and you know all that but yeah they're a committee committee team that's how san fran always ran things and right now salas and he's in new york and he's going to kind of bring that there and the 49ers had a pretty winning system so maybe he carries that over um i just i, I mean i like like if we're gonna talk receivers like from the jets they all kind of bring something to the table like elijah moore rookie is like he seems like he's going to be like that really nice slot guy that is just a reliable, you know, guy for Zach Wilson and Jameson Crowder, who he will not be playing week one, right? Yeah. No, so, I, there's, it's not ruled out, actually. There's still a chance he could be back, but I think it's like a 50 50. Still, like, even if he's not there, they have another, like, slot receiver and Brax is Braxton Barrios no I think it's gonna be Elijah Moore right no but like is he still there Braxton Barrios is he on the depth chart I don't know I don't know know if Braxton Barrios made the team to be honest I just know that they had like six receivers that like were in my eyes like not like great but like solid for a rookie like Jameson Crowder has been solid like Elijah Moore looks like he has crazy upside Corey Davis had one of the best years of his life last year I'm just saying, and Zach Wilson kind of showed out in preseason. I'm just saying that against a Panthers defense that is, like, probably still below average, you could throw two to three touchdowns and make that a game. So, for sure. out with them. For sure. I, Where, what's, your, what's, so what's, what's your final take? I'm going to say... My final take is Jets plus five. You like Jets plus five? Yeah. All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take, take the Panthers minus five. Okay. And uh, I like the Panthers money line if... Uh, if you're looking for a, a, a steady bet, Ooh. <laughs> strongly advise not. <laughs> interesting, interesting. Uh, no, no, I, I'm no like if you're in a bet Panthers, like just I don't know, I, like their money line has no value to me. I, if I if you think the Panthers are gonna win, they should probably like they should probably cover the strong, five yeah, and a half. That's I guess. Yeah, I, I, I think the Jets might win this, and I'm not really? putting the money line. I think they can win this. Right, I, I, I'm right. not like gonna, I'm not going to put my you know all my money on Jets money line, which plus one ninety five, I believe, really great value. I'm going to be safe and take the points. So yeah, uh, next game we got. I I don't know if we're going in order here, but I'm just going to go ahead and just say the. Washington football team is hosting the LA Chargers in a pick'em. I know we talked yeah. about this. We have our thoughts. Uh look. Alright. Do you how about how about all right, I already know like how this is gonna go. So how about I talk highly of the Washington football team and you talk highly of the Chargers and then Okay. All right. Let's I don't know because it. like it's well, a pick'em. It's I'm, a pick'em for a reason. All right, let's do it. I just I do want to say I'm also high on the Washington football team, and I am also high on the Chargers. All right, all right. <laughs> That's why we're doing this. It's a, all right, this let's is do like, it. Vegas got this right. It's a pick'em, but they did they get it right because usually the home field team gets three points. So yeah. that's why I'm like, okay, well. That means Vegas thinks the Chargers are favored in this game if they're on a neutral field, which I don't necessarily agree with. They have a new head coach, um, Brandon Staley, defensive coordinator for the Rams last year. Obviously, great rap sheet there. Um, and they're getting Bosa back, uh, Darwin James. Yeah. I mean, this Chargers defense, I, I get it, you know. They have wicked high upside, and they're all healthy at this moment. So 
they should be be able to play great. But the Washington football team has a top top three front seven. They have Chase Young, who is just an absolute beast and has the potential to be defensive player of the year. Uh, And look what they did on offense. They haven't had a quarterback in, I mean, since RG3. Since RG3. Like a a quarterback that you can say, oh, all right, I like that guy. Yeah. Like they haven't had a guy like that since RG3. So now they bring in Fitzpatrick, who has like, when you're talking like the last few years, he's up there with like, like Tom Brady and like Rogers when it comes to like QBR and stuff. Like it's right. it's kind of disgusting to actually see the stats like in your face. Ryan Fitz Ryan Fitzpatrick is not bad. He's actually pretty, pretty like all right. I'm not gonna talk out him. You know, talk out of my ass. He's good. He's good. He's good. He's, He's a good passer, people. and he can support. You know, an offense that has good receivers. And look what they just did. They have Terry McLaurin, who has broken out, and it's going to be a stud. And they just added Curtis Samuel, who is very familiar with Ron Rivera's uh, offense. They're going to know how to use him. And they also got Antonio Gibson, who is, like, whatever you want to call him. Some people are highly touting him as the next CMC. Uh, I mean, the, the kid showed out last year in his rookie year with 10 touchdowns and I mean he looks dangerous so and their O-line got better Uh, so there's nothing to hate here with Washington I I mean I think they're the better team than the Chargers by I'll I'll, I'll say it a slim margin but they're at home and I just I I, I don't know why the spread is pick them I guess I would say Washington should be fair by two and a half so that's why I'm picking Washington pick them I guess yeah, I. It's funny. So I, I would say that uh, as far as like who is like the better lock for being just a solid team, like coming out and playing solid, right? Okay. I would say it's Washington. Like I thought, like I trust Washington from top to bottom more so than I at present trust the Chargers from top to bottom on both sides of the ball. Right. Mm-hmm. Here's where I think it gets interesting. I think the Chargers. And with that offense and, uh, you know, with Justin Herbert, I think they have the capability to come out and absolutely just light it up like very few teams in the league can, right? So I think that's where it gets interesting. I think on a consistent basis, Washington is a better overall football team, but I think the Char- the Chargers have more potential to come out and play to a higher level, if that yeah. makes sense. Oh, I, I mean, uh, yeah, for sure. So that's where I think it's very interesting because I wonder what you're going to get, right? Are you going to get a team that has a, a Chargers team with a healthy defense, which we've been waiting on for a few yeah, years now? we've been now. waiting for that. For we've a been while. waiting for on it for a while. Derwin James missed two straight years. Uh, the re- they've had also trouble with uh, you know with their linemen and obviously Bosa, and they've had trouble in their secondary other than Derwin James. This is a team that hopefully, if they're healthy, with a guy like Brandon Staley who can hopefully bring some of that defensive mentality, and you have all the skill players in, uh, in place, and you have a quarterback like Herbert, maybe that's a team that can takes take that next leap and be an elite NFL team. I think they could potentially be more of an elite team than Washington could be, but okay. I trust Washington on week one maybe a little mm-hmm. bit more. But because I'm supposed to be back in the Chargers. No, no, you don't have to. Because I, I was, I, I mean, I was just gonna give my two cents about why I, I like the Chargers. Now that you've kind of won. I mean, I mean, I, I mean, 
Yeah, we already opened up this. Yeah. We, we like them both. We, we like them both. And we're kind of, it's like picking between your favorite kid. It's like, you really can't. Yeah. You know, when your two kids are standing in front of you and you're like, and they're like, dad, which one is my, which, you know, which one do you like more? It's like, right. I, I can't pick, you know, you're right in front of me. This, this is kind of like the same thing. You know, this might be the game of week one that I would like, am least confident in making a pick on. Yeah, I know. Yeah. You said that. And it's so like, but in this segment, we're going to have to just because we have to have a pick. Um, but, yeah, no. I, like, when it comes to the Chargers, I mean, they beefed up their O-line. They got uh, Lynn, the the center from um, the Packers in free agency. Oh, okay, And then they yeah. drafted, uh, like, a, a first-round O-lineman. So that was a huge problem for them last year, and they were still good on offense. Right. So, no, like, I, I you're not – you're not silly for thinking the Chargers can beat the Washington football team. Like it's no. gonna be, it's that is going to be a good game. Like that, yeah. those good offense, good defense, and I give the lean to not the first year coach. That's all I gotta say about that. So you're picking the Chargers in that one. I'll. Uh, you're not betting on them, but you're. Like, I'm. I'm not betting on them. Gun to your head if you have to pick. Gun to my head. I'm gonna pick the Chargers as long as they can stay healthy. Week one. Oh, we already know they're going to be healthy. All right. All right. All right. You're in. You're I'm in, in for Chargers. I'm in for the Chargers. All right. The but next... I don't like it. I know. I know. Hey, you're not betting it. You've, no. you've, you made that statement. Right. The people know that. The next game, we have a not not a pick em, but a seven and a half point spread. It's the 49ers traveling to Jared Goff's Ford Field wow. in Detroit. Uh, this Ford Field was home to Matthew Stafford for a very long time, and now it is not. He requested a trade because that franchise is a dumpster fire. Um, and now the 49ers come into town, and it seems, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but they haven't announced a week one starter yet, but we presume that it's Jimmy G? I believe they announced the other day it's Jimmy. Okay. I, I guess I missed that. I think it was just, like just very recently. Okay. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and say it off the. All right, who would you rather? Who would you rather talk about? Would you rather talk about the Lions or the 49ers? Who? Oh man. Um, beep boop beep. 49ers. All right, good because I kind of want to talk about the Lions for a cool. second. I could have talked about both. Yeah, honestly, I, I did. Want, I do want to talk about both, but and I'm, not, th- and I'm not saying I'm on. I'm gonna pick the 49ers. So I'm yeah. actually gonna. Maybe you can persuade me. I'm actually gonna take the points. If I had to on the with the Lions in this one, okay, we're we're gonna tease it right now, and Justin's gonna try and convince me why to bet the Detroit Lions here plus seven and a half. So so look, here's my thing. I think first and foremost, one of the most dangerous things in all of sports, especially pro sports, is when you have a team that has professional level athletes that has nothing to lose. Right, mm-hmm. and the Detroit Lions are a team that has nothing to lose. Nobody thinks they're going to be good. Mm-hmm. Nobody expects them to win games, and nobody thinks they're going to go out and beat San Francisco. A, that's a dangerous combination for Week One, especially when a team doesn't have like a whole season of losses and bullshit behind them that they can be like, "Oh, we suck." Like, no, it's a fresh start. It's a fresh season, and nobody thinks you can win. Mm-hmm. I think that's dangerous. Number one. It number is. two. Jared Goff, while I do think he's a huge pussy, and I will never forgive him for 
not be not toughing it out and starting against that game and they're starting in that game against the Seahawks in the playoffs even though he came in after the first drive and finished and played the entire game like sorry if you're hurt to the point where you can't start a playoff game against the division rival then you shouldn't be able to come in after the first snap and play or the first series and play the rest of the game you should be like in a hospital bed so that dude will never ever get my respect but he will get me calling a spade a spade and admitting that he is essentially a count a talented quarterback and when he his backup is up against the wall, his team gave up on him. Everyone's kind of talking trash, talking down on him. He's got something to prove. This team has nothing to lose. And that's still a team that has weapons like TJ Hawkinson that I love. DeAndre Swift is cleared to play week one. Jamal Williams, I love Jamal Williams. I think that was he's like one have of the best. Big year. Like, Great signings for that like team. When I was as a DeAndre Swift owner in fantasy, planning on keeping him for like a fifth round pick, I was like, why did you have to get Jamal right. Williams? That's like the one guy I didn't want. Like, exactly. Like it, it, Jamal Williams is like he's a very capable. Like he's probably one of the best backups out there, and he should. He, he like you can make a case for why that guy could like ha- like handle a full workload. For, like he's good, one hundred percent. And and he's like like sorry to, to interrupt you, but like the most likable guy in the is. NFL. He is. He is like I would I could watch like an hour of Jamal Williams like just. Whatever. Everybody loves him. And when yeah. we when we had AJ Dillon on uh, the Steel and Nash show, that's one of the things he said about uh, said, he said about Juice. He said yeah. when Jamal left, uh, he said like, "Damn, we lost that like spark, that energy." He was like, he was the dude in the locker room that was the glue guy. Like, always cracking jokes, always being funny, entertaining, like keeping the team together, like yeah. saying the right thing, doing the right thing. I love him. I think basically, I think this is a Detroit team that's flying very under the radar Mm -hmm. so i think they're you know they're flying under the radar they have nothing to lose and they have a quarterback who has nothing but revenge on his mind hopefully i mean also drafted number one overall in his draft exactly so i mean this guy like say what you want about him he's choked he's but i mean yeah i you're a jared goff hater i'm a jared goff hater like i i think he's a pussy too but hey First round, I mean, first overall pick, brought his team to a Super Bowl. Not many guys do that, no. so you you know he's not like he's a very he's a capable quarterback. So capable, very so, capable. We're but, not talking about some schmuck. He's just on. He's he's a, I guess you could say below average quarterback, but should be starting on a bad team with no no receivers. Can you agree with me on that? They they don't really have receivers. Now they lost Galladay, lost Marvin Jones, lost. And, oh, so they drafted the Mon St. Brown, and I love God. if he stays healthy. I love Tyrell Williams. I knew that was coming. <laughs> if he can stay healthy, Tyrell, you Dude. bad man, you. I think if he stays healthy, the Tyrell Williams Jared Goff connection will oh, be man. so real, Damn. so real. People preview into my one of my. Picks for fantasy okay. segment coming up. Calling your shot there. Yep. Tyrell Williams, He's uh, he was out all last year. Was it because he opted out of COVID? Or was he hurt? Maybe it was the year before he was hurt. I think the year before he was hurt. Anything, I think he then, and then he was like kind of He was like kind of hurt. And he was like, you know what? I'm just going to no, not like, play. It's not worth it. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So he's back. We haven't seen him in a while. No. He was a really good talent with the Chargers. So, yeah. Maybe. That's and a, with the maybe. Raiders, too. With the Raiders, too? Yeah, maybe you're calling. That's a, not a bad shot. Maybe we'll I should see. keep my eyes open there. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, um, 
you talked about the Lions a little bit. I guess I'll give my two cents about the 49ers. Um, terrific offense. Uh, I mean, one of the best O-lines, one of the best rushing attacks. Uh, Jimmy G is a game manager. And, you know, Debo is healthy. Ayuk is not. Um, we have to expect that Ayuk will play. But, I I mean, I'm no mind reader here that, you know, Ayuk could be a little limited. But I'm going to go ahead and just count him as, you know, much like a Chris Godwin. Like, I, like, Looked a little iffy going into a couple of days before game day. I guarantee that Ayuk is probably going to be good to go for Sunday. I'm sure. Uh, that is a – I mean, if Ayuk sat, then I would be – oh, my God, the Lions, I would be, like, all about. Because Ayuk is, like, a game changer. And if they only have Debo and Kittle, then, yeah, you narrow – you know, then you narrow down their two big playmakers. For sure. The other thing real quick about the 49ers that I want to throw out there is because yeah, sure. I just talked about Robert Sala with the Jets is I think he was the reason why that defense played maybe above and beyond their capabilities. I think that okay. was a team that that's exceeded another, I think so, that was a defense that exceeded expectations okay. and that they're going to fall flat. You know, that's a really good point that you made. Um the 49ers defense, I don't project them to be a top 10 defense this year. No. They're going to be very average. In my eyes, so yeah, no, I, I I see why you're you know you're all about the Lions and just covering you know covering a touchdown like that's yeah. all you're really asking for. Yep. And um, no, I totally like that the 49ers defense can allow some points and yeah, you know we have I mean the big thing in San Francisco is that they cannot stay healthy, uh, no. both sides of the ball, offense and defense. But no, I I mean when you're talking with the Lions, they're I really their defense still sucks. So like they I mean Jeff Okuda last year was their they picked him what third overall, fourth overall? I think it was third overall. And he was getting torched like pretty yeah. much his whole rookie year. And that's you know, again, rookie cornerbacks don't always come out guns no. blazing, but when you're picked like top three, you should be able to, you know, hold your own against Yeah, be a, at least usable. Yeah. At least. And uh, he didn't really show that. I expect him to take a little bit of a jump this year. But still, like, I'm – I mean, there's just no one on that defense that threatens me. So, I think the 49ers offense will be kind of – they won't skip a beat kind of thing. Like, uh, the rushing attack will be Raheem Mostert and Trey Sermon. They'll both average five yards a carry and just kind of be able to dominate the game. And so – in that respect, I think the 49ers win the game, but I totally can see a world where the Lions keep it close. For sure. Um, that's where I'm at. I I definitely uh, – so that's where – like the Lions defense is kind of where I'm like, all right, the 49ers should be able to put up 27 easy, like in my eyes. Right. It's all about whether the Lions can put up 20-plus. Right. I can see it being I like 27, 21, 27, 24, something yeah, like that. Exactly. I, you know? So it's got, this is one where like, I totally think Vegas got it right, the yeah. seven and a half mark. Love it. Uh, I And so I'll let you go ahead and choose here first. Are you sticking with your Lions? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to take the Lions and the points on this one, especially at home too, you know? I am also taking love it. Lions seven love and a half. I let you kind of take the ride there, and I am. That's one that has been scaring me for oh, like when this line opened up like two months ago. I was like, oh man, the 49ers are gonna yeah. crush them, and then 
as it got closer, I was like, you know what? No one's like no one's talking about this Lions team and right. how their O line is like top ten. So as long as Swift is there, Jamal Williams are there. Right. Uh yeah, they might be able to control the clock maybe and you know. Yeah. Like they are they are being slept on. And I, sure. I am not much of a psycho to be putting on money line lines. Yeah, yeah. Which is like literally almost like plus three hundred. <laughs> Terrific value. But uh I'm not there yet, but I am going to be probably putting them plus seven and a half in some kind of parlor. For sure. I'm in I'm in with you. Cool. Uh the next one, we got Browns at Kansas City. This is a revenge game for the Browns. They got yeah. kicked out of the playoffs last year uh, by the Chiefs. It was a very close game. And the Chiefs, this was the game where Matt Moore won in the game, right? They're back up, and he converted. Oh, uh, yeah, fourth it was. Inches. To ty- was it to Tyreek? Yeah, 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 that game. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was that game. It's a divisional round. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, Mahomes got knocked out, like, and everyone's like, oh, man, this is nuts. The Browns better win this. And they still lost. So it was yep. a bad – they have a bad taste in their mouth as well. Um, the Browns, they added a lot of talent this offseason. And they only, sure. got, they only got better. Yeah. Uh, OBJ, if – I mean, last year he was hurt. And we were thinking, oh, wow, all right, this could be the year. Maybe he can be fully healthy. And it looks like he's already limited going into week one. Did you hear that? No, but it just doesn't shock it doesn't, me. It just, yeah. I'm just so done roll your eyes banking say, on OBJ. On, like, dude, dude like, yeah. he hasn't been relevant in a long time. And it sucks because, like, you know, it doesn't seem like long ago he was a rookie just lighting the world on fire. But, you know, it has been a little bit of a while. We yeah. haven't seen him be, like, consistently relevant for at least like four years so that's what sucks about this brown scene they put so much into the old like they i don't know how much they're paying them right now off the top of my head but your team could be a lot better if you didn't have that guy in and mm-hmm. you put your money wisely elsewhere i personally think they're better without him like i think i think he he casts like a, a shadow like a dark cloud over the offense where like if he's not getting the ball or the game script isn't going his way like he's a cancer yeah no i, I agree like he's i mean he's a diva diva we, he's Huge the diva. definition of a diva wide receiver um he likes getting pooped on <laughs> I mean, there's just you the know, list goes on. It's just sketchy, dude. Dude, yeah. I, and I don't want to be banking on that, dude. So it's good to know that he probably won't even be relevant in this game. I was actually uh, like, before hearing all that, like, I was actually kind of like feeling the Browns out. Like, I think they're they they might kind of you know control that Kansas City offense a little bit with their added help on defense. Um, I don't know, but six and a half. I, I, Kansas City's pissed off, and you know they're coming off the Super Bowl loss. I know, I know uh, Kelsey has come out and said like you know, yeah, yeah. He he's come out and been like we're very like upset. You know we're zero and two against Tom Brady. Like they're they're kind of they're trying to like they're trying to light the world on fire over there. They're trying to go undefeated. They are, and they know that they can do it too, which is like. Even with like a bad defense, like they're not bad on defense, but they're average. Okay, so that's so. that's what I that's what I think we need to talk about. That how I, their defense. If is- there is one story that I think flies so under the radar, 
the last few years in the NFL, it's how the Chiefs have been getting by with such a mediocre defense, right? Mediocre. And mediocre is like, there. I think they're like at least average. <laughs> I, well, so when I, 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 to, I to me, yeah. mediocre is average. So okay, I, I, right. I'll agree the average. Like top fifteen. Top fifteen defense. I might not even go there. I, yeah. If if they are top fifteen, they're like on the bubble. They're like fourteen, they're on the fifteen. Yeah, yeah, so exactly. one of the things I got to say about these guys is everyone wants to talk about how okay, Mahomes. Hopefully, no more ankle injury. He's healthy. Uh, McCall Harbin might take that next step. Uh, Edwards Hilaire might take that next step. They uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Duvernay Tardif is is back on on the on, on the O line. They went out and traded for uh, they signed Joe Tooney. That's going to be a really good offensive unit. But we still are not talking about how they did zero on defense. Absolutely zero. And I look at, I, I, I don't know. I just think they're vulnerable. I think they're one of those teams that they can light it up and put 50, 60 points up on the board. But every now and then, a team, a team with a good defense will come in there with a good game plan and give them a run for their money and shock them. Yeah. Uh, and if that team also has a good offense, the Chiefs are going to be in trouble. And I... The thing that keeps killing me about this Browns team is the fact that not only are they taking so many steps forward on both sides of the ball, but their defense just seems to be a better defense, and defense like wins games. I know. Yeah, it's one of the, like I think we're all blinded because like if you looked at this roster for the Browns, you'd be like, and you and you and like and then you just like put like a like a bar over like Cleveland Browns, you'd be yeah. like. And you didn't know what team it was. Like, right. And, and you just look at the roster and be like, holy, holy shit. Like, just like all across the board, you'd be like, holy crap, this team is, this is They're right up. going to lose. Top three team. <laughs> yeah. Top three team in the league. Yeah. But like, then you just, you open your eyes and you go, oh, it's the Cleveland Browns. Oh, all right. That's like minus three wins. <laughs> like, like whatever you think they would be with that roster, you just yeah. had to be like, oh, they're from Cleveland, oh, Cleveland. minus oh, three wins. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, no, it's, I hope like, it's weird. Like I kind of want them to get over the hump, but I don't like, I don't know. It's I kind of enjoy root. them being Cleveland. I enjoy them being Cleveland too. It's kind of, it's comical. The um, one thing in their favor though, is they've taken a step forward every year. This is the first time in our, like, in our lives that we've seen them be relevant for sure so it's in that respect it's kind of cool but yeah no i what do you think about baker do you think he can do you think he's had better question is in that draft obviously uh it was the same draft as josh allen lamar jackson sam darnold and uh well I think Josh Rosen. So we, yeah. we know Josh Rosen is fifth in that pecking order. Where do you oh, think? Yeah. Where do you think Baker is in that? I think drafted first. I think now it's easy to say Josh Allen probably should have been drafted first. Yeah, I don't think it, it, Baker's definitely not number one out of those guys. I think. I think. I'd do you agree think he still has a shot at being the second best quarterback in that class? That's over Lamar. So I think there's same division. If I if you had to ask me. As of right now, as it's of not looking right, good. As of no, no, no. As of, okay. I, I would say up until this point, okay, up until I would point. give Lamar the slight edge as yeah, the sure. second. Yeah, because he has an MVP. Right, <laughs> exactly. He has the MVP. <laughs> That's a pretty big right. uh, accolade. To Huge having, accolade. Have in your pocket. So and I and and he's shown like he 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 took the Ravens to like a very successful like regular season. What were they like? They were like what like 
14 and 2, yeah. 13, 3, something like that. Yeah, so anyway, he's shown they can be, right, you know, balls to the wall, like win games. I think Baker eventually, like like you're getting to, will overstep him. I do. I think I think Baker will eventually make the argument that he's the second best. And depending on how much he can win and if he could maybe win a Super Bowl ahead of Josh Allen, he could take that number one spot. True. Very true. Yeah, I know, there's a lot of sick fucks out there that think the, the Browns actually will make it to the Super Bowl. I'm not willing to go there. Um, but hey, that would be. I'm always down for some madness, and that would be madness. It would be madness. I just, well, I love their coach too. I think Stefanski's yeah, the coach, guy, for coach them, of the year. Honestly. Yeah, no, that he. It's it's finally, finally a fresher breath air where they're like, oh wow, you don't suck. <laughs> wow, like I had no respect yeah. for the other like Hugh Jackson, like that guy, like you know he sucked and Bum. yeah, no, it, it's yeah, it's about time they finally gain some kind of stability yeah you look at the Steelers in the same division they had Mike Tomlin for literally my entire life pretty much and before that it was Bill Cower like it's insane what other teams can do at the coach I, yeah. I respect the hell out of having a coach like stability thing like yeah. oh if he has a bad year you know give him another shot but you know yeah uh, the Browns may have found their guy and yeah so right now if you had to pick is it Browns plus six and a half? Do you think that they're going to make this close game? They're going to have, you know, pretty much everyone healthy, maybe except for OBJ, who we already thought was going to shit the bed anyways. And versus Kansas City, who they really – it sounds like everyone's going to be healthy on their side of the ball. Uh, Clyde is looking good. So what are you, what are you thinking? <sighs> Games in – Kansas City, right? It's an, it's an hour ahead. Yep. Yeah. So I know I just kind of hyped up the Browns a ton, but uh, I'm going to go ahead and take Kansas City with the points, to be completely honest. I think at the end of the day, they, uh, they are going to come out and just this offense is just going to be too much for the Browns to handle. I think they're going to come out like a, like a bat out of hell and just explode for maybe 40 points. Okay. Yep. No. Uh, you pretty much – took the thoughts out of my head i'm worried about the i'm worried about the passing offense for the browns coming out the gate um i mean i know they've been talking about donovan people's jones yeah. kind of showing out in, in preseason i need to see it and i know he showed some flashes last year and late season but if obj is going to be out and it's just landry and him and austin hooper it's and then the rushing attack, you're you're gonna have to get off to a really really yeah. good start to cover that spread. I think the Chiefs minus six and a half is a. I was gonna say a safe bet. It's a pretty good bet. <laughs> I'm going with the Chiefs minus six and a half as well. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I uh, yeah. I think I think that's pretty safe. I think we can put that one to bed. Maybe the Browns will prove us wrong. All right. Now I have. Uh, I have three games here that I circled. All right. We I told you that there was seven games that have a three-point spread. Okay. We're going to do a little... Uh, you ever played the game uh, Fuck, Mary Kill? Unfortunately, I have. Yes. yes. It all started with, you know, humans at first. And then and then over time, we got into, you know, Fuck, Mary Kill, uh, you know, chicken wings, chicken breasts, and, you know, all this stuff. Food and movies and TV yeah. shows. Right. Yeah, so let's let's uh, bring it to the football world. So, 
if you had these three games, they're all minus three spreads. Yep. Here are the teams that are favorite by minus three. Okay. Vikings, minus three yep. at Cincinnati. Yep. Titans, minus three versus Arizona Cardinals. And then the Seahawks, minus three. Is it? Is it? Do you know if that's at? I believe it's. At, I believe it's in Seattle. Okay, I'm not I, sure. I wrote though. here like an idiot that it was at Indy, but it could be wrong. at Indy. Let me double. Uh, we'll double check it. Uh, but yeah, I those three games to me are very, very interesting. Oh no, it is. Uh, yeah, it's at home. It's for at Seattle. No, it's it's at Indy. Oh, okay, that's what I wrote. Indy. I was yeah. right. Why did I second guess myself? Yeah. So yeah, uh, those three games to me are very just like. To me, I kind of have a, a clear answer, but I'd love to get your answer. Which of those? Well, let's start off with the one with, that you would kill. That the one that you like just don't want to touch. So it's Vikings minus three at Cincy. Titans yeah. minus three at home against the Cardinals. Yeah. And Seahawks minus three at Indy. And this is both sides. Like if you feel confident about the Bengals plus three and. So, yeah, like, take either side. What game do you just don't want to touch? Wow. I think the game that I absolutely just don't want to touch is uh, the Titans-Cardinals. Really? That's the game I don't want to touch. Okay. I don't want anything to do with that game. The reason why is because I see it being a battle of two high-flying offenses, both without – really much of a defense to speak of both rosters with a bunch of holes um but i know that they can both air the ball out like crazy uh i mean you might be able to say that the titans have a better rushing game a better you know obviously with derrick henry but you can also say that kyler murray's you know obviously more mobile than Tannehill. that's a game i don't know you might have a different opinion on it Mm -hmm. personally i can't come to a conclusion i don't want to touch it uh the game that I would marry, to be completely honest, is is going to be the the Bengals. Uh, that's the game I'm going to marry, and I'm going to tell you why I'm going to marry All right, the Bengals. I'm, I'm, I'm going to just stop you right there, and that's the game I'm marrying. Oh, perfect. Okay. So I think we're we might be opposite sides here. You go first. All right. So I personally. Uh, Here's here's and here's what I think you might be getting. I think what we're getting at is the fact that the Vikings were such a shitty team last year. They sucked on defense. Mm-hmm. They were really not much to speak of, um, and now they just lost Irv Smith, right? And here they are, uh, only a three point favorite against Cincinnati mm-hmm. after they've you know supposedly beefed up their defense. Uh, they got guys like Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson. I get it. I get it. Okay. My thing. My thing with the Bengals is I think this is another team that is flying very under the radar. For some reason, I seem to be one of the only people that are very high on Joe Burrow. Every time I keep hearing someone talk about Joe Burrow, (laughs) they keep talking about potentially being a a top 15, potentially being a top 10 quarterback. I got to tell you guys something. Joe Burrow is here right now. Right now, people. Take Joe Burrow. And I'm not even just talking about, like, fantasy-wise. This man is a winner. This man is a winner, okay? Wow. He is going to take this Bengals team, and he is going to elevate them. Uh, I'd, also, I'd also take the, the over in win total for the Bengals <laughs> for the season. The Bengals, this is a team that between uh, Mixon, uh, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, and Joe Burrow, 
this is a team that's going to do some serious damage. Obviously, their defense uh, is subpar. They're still working on it. Their O-line, while not where it should be uh, to support a young quarterback like that, they did make a couple steps to make it a little bit better in the offseason, upgraded it from probably a below average to maybe an average offensive line. I think that's going to be enough to let Joe Burrow go to work and sling it. I think this is a team that's ready to play in a tough division uh, and play some tough games. And I honestly think they're going to come out and punch the Vikings in the mouth a little bit. I really do. It's at home. Um, the Vikings, like I said, like there's a lot. I, there's a lot that should go well for them in theory, but I don't know. We know that the Bengals are a dangerous team with Joe Burrow on the field. We don't know what the Vikings are going to be like after their supposed revamp. I don't know. I, mean, I like the Bengals. Okay. Wow. I mean. And then I guess I, I fuck. I, so I, I, going back to what you said, you did say that you liked the Bengals over on wins. Do you, A, do you know what the over-under is? And B, well, or let me just start off with B. What do you, how many wins do you think they have without looking at the schedule? So I I I believe their over under was either was it five and a half or six I believe and I think I would put them at maybe a seven or eight win team. Okay, well on my side they are at six and a half. Okay, and the over is actually technically the favorite minus one fifteen under is minus one hundred five so it's pretty even. Um, yeah, so. You're right on par with that. You okay. think they're going to be a seven or eight win team? I do. Okay. Um, how do you think they do against the division? If I may ask you. Uh, so six games. Yeah. So I think that's that's obviously where they're going to. That's where that's where, where I'm, I'm trying to like pick you apart here. Yeah. So I, a, not, I'm not anti Bengals. You know that. I'm just trying to. Yeah. So I personally, for some reason, I got a weird, weird feeling. I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna. Uh, I think they lose twice to the Steelers. Really? I think they're gonna split with the Ravens, and I Ooh. think they're gonna split with the Browns. Okay. Interesting. I kind of have it differently. I think they split with the Steelers, and they could even steal two from the Steelers. Interesting. Okay. And then the Ravens split. Browns. I think they actually lose both. I okay. think the Browns are the the favorite on the division. You think over yeah. over the the Ravens? Yeah, I do. I, I mean, every, uh, I thought I was going to be hot on that take, but then I like a couple months ago, I was like, oh, wow, Vegas has actually changed it to Browns, like plus 110 Browns. Interesting. Uh, yeah, no, I I think they're just the most complete team. Ravens have not been trending well in training camp and all that with injuries and everything. Browns have, you know, only done better. So I And I, I was actually pleasantly pleased with what i saw from the browns last year but to go on the bengals is um yeah no i their offense is and should be scary i don't know if it will be right out the gate so let me get into back to the week one matchup against the the vikings at cincinnati that home field does not scare me (laughs) i'm sorry like like there's some home field advantages that matter more to me and that Mm -hmm. one does not matter at all to me all right so let's call that neutral field (laughs) okay all right in my eyes like i I i don't know are they a good fan base probably not probably not okay maybe you're one of like their top 100 i might be to be honest Uh, so yeah, back to the Vikings. I kind of so for season long, I'm a little 
skeptical on the Vikings. But for this game, I think they are going to be good. They have everything going right right now. Everyone's healthy. <laughs> the one, the couple things that have me a little scared. Uh, so they do seem to have some unvaccinated players, and this is why I've been off some Vikings players just season long, like in fantasy and whatever. Like Kirk Cousins, unvaccinated. Someone told me Dalvin Cook might be. Uh, just a small thing, like just like you you know how Cam Newton got his ass kicked out of here right. is because you weren't available, and if that shit's gonna happen all season long, that could be frustrating. So the Vikings, I don't know what their vaccination rate is. Whatever, I don't care. I, that was just something in the back of my head. But so let's get back into the the real shit. Who's gonna be on the field this week on Sunday? Pretty much everyone for the Vikings. Um, so Kirk Cousins. Against man coverage last year, he was uh, he had a passer rating of one forty two point five, and it was twenty. That was twenty points over the next quarterback that was behind him. So he was the best against man coverage, and the Bengals they play man coverage actually like they last year they played man coverage the eleventh most out of the entire league. So it's around okay. average, but above average. All right, and so they they like playing you know man to man they do and because zone cut who's their defensive coordinator he doesn't have, he's no, he's a, he's a shithead I don't even exactly so that's where I'm at like and they also are going to be out with their starting cornerback uh, the Bengals so uh, it, I found that out it was, it, he's either he's a young cornerback and it was actually supposed to be, supposed to be a revenge game for him. He, he was once on the Bengals. or No, no, once on the Vikings. So everything is pointing that Kirk Cousins should, should be able to pick apart this Bengals team, this defense that didn't get better at all this offseason. They didn't get better in the draft. They, they didn't address that issue. They only addressed offense. And in the first round, everyone was saying, uh, you know, T, uh, uh, Jamar Chase or uh, Sewell. And at this moment, both – I mean, it's too early to tell. Jamar Chase will probably figure it out. But yeah. it sounds like he's not going to be – he's not going to be, uh, you know, going crazy in the first week like Justin Jefferson did last year. And I right. think Justin Jefferson is going to get off to a hot, hot start. I hope so. With Adam Thielen. Uh both those guys and Dalvin Cook. Cincinnati cannot stop the run. Dalvin Cook is like he's one of the best running backs in the game. So I, dude, this I team should the Vikings if so. Here's my bet for the week: the Vikings should put up whatever the over is on their points. Like they should put up thirty. So if the over under uh, is anything less than that, just go Vikings. So you know, and it's funny too because we were talking about Undoctor Football, and that's what we said. It's a very suspicious spread, the fact that the, the, the Vikings are only minus three. Because for everything you just oh. said, it should be like Vikings minus five and a half to like eight. Oh, they're right. I, oh, trust me. After seeing last year, like last year was last year for me. That's why I'm trying to put like last year, those thoughts away. They, they were a team that disappointed too many times right. last year against bad teams. Like they. Right. So. Everyone's kind of got that in the back of their head, but hey, listen, it's a new year, and right now, Mike Simmer, he's the favorite to be the first coach fired, and I think he knows that. Wow. So, 
Yeah, I know. It's crazy. And I don't know why that's a thing. So I'm just saying, like, hey, you know, this team, they want to win. And they have they improve their defense. They uh, offensively, they, you know, they're solid. Like, I know they, you know, everyone's just a little off on them because last year they disappointed. And I think that's wrong. Yeah. All right. So you're, uh, I take it you're riding the Vikings minus three. Oh, so in the, in the fuck, marry, kill uh, portion of this, they were my marry. Okay. The Vikings. I would marry that. I would put them in all parlays minus three. All right. I would bet all, like, if you have, I don't know, if you're betting 10 units on the week, I'd bet, like, at least, I don't know, four or five. All right. No, no, all it's, right. it's a little aggressive, but. That they seem to be like a team that I don't see how they can not smash. Like I, so yeah, that's the game I feel most confident about. Um, you said that you would absolutely marry the Titans, or no, no, no. is that what you said? Oh no, you would marry no, this I, game. So what? Yeah. You killed off the Titans. I killed game. off the Titans game. I said that would be my. Uh, that would be my fuck. I, I like a team in that. I like I don't love them a lot. I don't love them a lot. I don't. I don't love them a lot. But it, yes, it's the Cardinals plus three. Yeah. Because I think it'll be a close game. I'd rather the points. Yeah. Um, like you said, probably a shootout. Um, you know, it's that's the thing. Yeah. Whenever it's a shootout and you respect both both offenses, might as well just take the plus three there. And you know, I think Arizona's offense is actually. Oh, I might eat these words, but a little bit better, like right. just a little right. bit better. I hate that. But I, I get, I get the hotness with Tennessee's offense. But like you said, both defenses are bad. Right. Probably not a game that you would want to put a lot of money on because it could go either way, in my eyes. Um, but yeah, that's one that I feel pretty confident will be a three-point game. So I'll take the plus three. Nice. Uh, so that leads me to my kill. And that was the Seahawks indie game. I just don't know. <laughs> I just like that game is like, like it all the all the shit that's been going on in indie this whole off season with Wentz getting his foot broken or whatever, and now he's going to be playing. Uh, Quentin Nelson is he going to be playing? I don't think he's going to be playing this week, but I believe he's. I mean, if he did play, if he'd suited up, then he would be hurt. Like, right. like he had the same injury as Carson Wentz. Uh, it was like a week later, too, or a couple of days later. So, yeah, a lot of the stuff in Indy is just, like, just bad vibes. And then when you go to Seattle, it's like, I don't know. Indy's got a good defense, so in, I could see this being a little scoring. And I don't, I, don't, I don't have a really good uh, vibe on this game. I don't know if you do. To be honest, that was almost the game I avoided – uh, yeah, so it, it's close with the... I think it's close. I think having a healthy Carson Wentz in Indy is a real game changer. Um, but I don't know. I, I Part of me wants to go ahead and take the Seahawks. But again, it's one of those strange things where if you put a gun to my head and ask me who has the better defense out of the two teams, I'm going to take the Colts. And I agree with that. If you take the, if, if, when you look at the fact that the better defense is at home... Uh, that yeah. you can't you can't really take that lightly. You know what I mean? No, I know no, everyone wants no. to say Russell Wilson, DK Metcalf, blah blah blah. But you got to look at the fact and say, well, Russell Wilson, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, Chris Carson, whatever, blah blah blah. They're good, but 
Uh, Carson Wentz is a good quarterback if he's healthy and he plays. Like he's got guys like Jonathan Taylor, Naheem Hines. He's got guys uh, like Michael Pittman. Uh, that's a team that I don't think you know, especially riding behind a good defense, would have you know have trouble competing. It's a question of you know, can someone like Russell Wilson take the Seahawks to such like a a next level that uh, the game is not competitive? Because I honestly think in a competitive game, Indy comes out on top. I do. True. Yeah. No, I I agree with like pretty much most of the things that you said. I Indy definitely to me is the defense I would rather have out of the two. They are at home. Yep. It's just everything on for me. It's the indie offense that I'm just like I need to see it before I believe it is kind of where I'm at. And I, I think agree. Seattle can overcome a tough defensive matchup. So that's where just where I'm like. It's week one. I don't have a strong stance on either team. This kind of spread it just worries me. So I'm probably going to be staying away from this one. Yeah, uh, that's not a probably. It's a it's a definitely. Yeah, uh, I mean for me, for me. If anyone, de- yeah, if you have, you know, no, I'm not, definitely not not, not, a, it. not a lot of confidence. I gotta say, like it's it's such a catch twenty two because it's like I love 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 how good all of these week one games are because it's like let's go football's back and all these games are fucking nasty but i hate absolutely hate how this is like the first year in a long time that i can remember where like week one isn't like a free money get your bets in before vegas catches on i I couldn't agree more usually i'm like this happens with pretty much any sport like baseball this year i remember i was like first week i was ripping 14 parlays like it was nothing but now it's a struggle yeah it just changes it does Uh, and then like literally like nfl last year i remember like i was like oh wow like this team is like what like like and just being like i know that's stupid like this year it it was a lot tougher uh i don't know if vegas is just you know beefing up their you know beefing up their, their squad over there like whoever they got going making the lines but yeah, no, this was tough. Like, I really, like, here's the thing. Looking at all the lines, I don't know how many games exactly there are, but you have to imagine that the underdog covers in at least 40% of them. No? I yes would, or no? I would I, say I, around there, yeah. Around there. At, around there. So I'm trying to, like, figure it out that way, which yeah. is not maybe the best way to think about it, but I don't know. When you're trying to make a pick for every game, like you shouldn't be picking all favorites. No, in the abs- spreads, absolutely. It's not. pretty rare that like the favorite will cover the spread in whatever ten of thirteen games. Like it's going to be more around eight to thirteen right. or whatever. So yeah, no. It, the fact that we have uh, seven games with a three point spread is beyond me. I don't know if this has ever happen it, they're exactly three not three and a half not right. two and a half they're exactly three and it it usually i side on the okay i'll take the plus three because if it's a field goal game i win right. like i i feel good or you know what i mean like i'd rather be on the plus side 100%. Uh, yeah um so that's the uh so you had at cincy you have cincy plus three and that's the game that you love the most this game I love the most. Well, all right. Versus look. me, I love the Vikings minus three the most. So right there, we, you know. that That's that's a big difference. I, I will say, and I just want to preface this. It's, it's funny that we both feel the most highly about that game. So, just in opposite directions. So here's the, th- here's the thing that's kind of crazy is if 
as much as I just talked about how much I love like Joe Burrow and that like offense, uh, what it really, really comes down to for me is actually the spread. And I know I kind of mentioned this, but mm-hmm. like I would actually like if the Vikings were favored by more points, I would actually be more comfortable okay. taking the Vikings like with the spread. Like if if the spread was like Vikings minus six or like minus five and a half, I would be more comfortable taking the Vikings minus six than I am taking the minus three because minus six yeah. is something that's just kind of seems justifiable. I feel like everybody's looking at minus three and scratching their heads going, hmm, what am what, I missing? Yeah, what yeah. am I missing here? Yep. And I feel like more often than not, and we can both attest to this, mm-hmm. more often than not, when you're scratching your head and you can't figure out why a spread is the way it is, you usually find out when it's too late and you go, damn it, I took this because it was too good to be true. And I know. Somehow I'm losing. Yeah, I could be on the wrong side of that one because, yeah, you're right. Like, I I think, like, if I was the bookmaker on this, if I was making the spread, I would be making it Vikings minus six and a half. Right. I think that's like a starting point. That's where I'm at. Like, I think they are going to, like, definitely win by a touchdown. Yeah, for sure. That's my confidence level with them. So, yeah, and then the other games were kind of both, like, kind of just like, eh, don't feel great about it. Okay. Yeah. Well, I picked a couple of good ones then to make it an interesting yeah. uh, fuck no. Mary Kill on <laughs> very very good. Yeah. Uh so we have a couple more. Okay. Uh, uh <laughs> coming from New England, I guess we have to talk about the New England Patriots uh welcoming the Miami Dolphins into town. Oh, of course. Right? Of course. I mean it's Bama quarterback versus Bama quarterback. Um I mean, I think it's just hilarious that Jalen Waddle is on the team that you know, he doesn't prefer Tua. He prefers Mac. Did you hear what Mac's uh, response was to that? No. What did he say? He was just like, yeah, you know, every, like, so they asked him, like, oh, Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddle, uh, they both said uh, they, they preferred you over Tua. Like, what do you have to say about that? And he was like, you know, everyone's got their preference, you know, but, like, the most, like, the most Patriots answer. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. And he off with, uh, yeah, they, they have their preference and, uh, you know. Yeah, I, I think whoever was the quarterback in that system just like, like killed it. I, I'm I'm butchering at the end, but like he was basically he put it out there. He was like, you know, whoever was under center like did their job. Like, yeah, that's basically what he said. So he took the high road. Yeah, good for him. Uh, yeah, no, it, it's just funny that I I think it's hilarious that both of those receivers going into like they both knew that there was a high probability that they were going to get drafted by the Dolphins at six. Right. Which is hilarious that they would come out and say that. I know. Oh, I, know. I like. Oh, I like Mac over Tua. Like yeah. what? I, I, I personally, when I saw that, I was like, both these guys. I was like, why are you doing that? You like the chances of one of these guys going there was over fifty percent. It's it's bad voodoo. I mean, me. definitely bad voodoo. I gotta say though, totally agree. Oh, totally of course agree. I agree. Oh, I, I'm, oh. I am such. And, and yes, I'm high on Mac Jones, but I'm also just such a Tua hater. Like oh, I, too. I do not think he's good. I think he was so overrated in college. I think he's like a way above his head in the NFL level. And like everyone's trying to use like his athleticism to like make oh, up know. for it. If he was that good, like they wouldn't have been like all in on like Deshaun trying to make an effort on Deshaun Watson like at the last second. Like yep. I see Tua is like one of these dudes that becomes like an eventual like Terrell Pryor, like yep. a, like like a just an athletic. <laughs> quarterback that they have yeah. to convert to like a utility gadget player because like he's Which is not weird because i can't imagine him catching a pass or anything but like but I, you know i know i agree and like honestly like 
it sucks that, you know, it sucks that Tua is getting a bad rep. Like, he was, like, it's crazy that one at one time people were like, oh, tank for Tua, tank for Tua. Like, it's just because he was I, a at, good the time, at the time, at the time, I was like, really? Like, I, I get exactly. it, but like, I, when was the last time a lefty quarterback really thrived in the NFL? That hasn't been many. Matt Leiner. <laughs> Matt Just Leiner. Michael, I Michael, mean, Michael Vick. Yeah, Michael Vick. Uh, and he's no Michael Vick. No. Let's just go ahead. But no. All right. So back to the game. Uh, it's Pats minus three. Um, and they're at home. Uh, they caught Cam Newton. They said, sayonara. We don't want your COVID issues. And we're going to ride with this guy, Mac Jones, who seems to be getting a good uh, – he, he, uh, he knows the offense well. He was like there was reports that he was teaching Cam Newton the playbook. Even yep. though Cam Newton had exactly. a whole even though he had a whole year uh with the playbook. Unbelievable. Um and that and that like I mean like I know reports are reports, but that, that seems pretty like like I take that like a lot, you know. I think that was like very true. Uh Rob Nigovich was the one that reported that one. Interesting. He has inside stuff. So yeah, no, I I mean so Mac Jones, they clearly saw that he was working harder, studying the playbook. He seems like the guy with, you know, like I, I'm not making comparisons to Tom Brady, but he seems like the guy that is willing to memorize the playbook from front to back, and he's going to go out there with the most confidence in the world. Uh, have we ever got any kind of confirmation that that quote was true? Uh, in that, oh, so you know what I'm going to talk about. So I the do. Giants, so the Giants, uh, when they were practicing them before that preseason game, joint practices, there was a report that Mac Jones said to a def- defensive back uh, that he, he he basically told him to hold his nuts. Yeah, he bitch. said, hold, 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 my, hold these nuts, bitch. Hold my nuts, bitch. As Did we like, get confirmation that that actually happened? So, I think well, it, first I mean, off, I, the only the only, the only only person saying it's fake is TJ, and that's just because he wants to Because <laughs> he's just be like, that's impossible. That's yeah, impossible yeah, that he would no, do that, and it wouldn't that. be big news. Yeah, no, TJ, yeah. TJ has no evidence that it's fake. So, yeah. I, I mean, there's no way that's going to be on ESPN, like, Mac Jones says this to the cornerback exactly. from the Giants. Like, no, it's like one of those things that only Patriots Right, it, it gets kinda, leaked, yeah, kind of, yeah. and doesn't get a big story because I mean, big. They can't run that exactly. So yeah, I don't. I think it actually happened. I think it happened. Maybe like me. This guy more. has a like a ridiculous amount of confidence. All right, so enough of sucking Mac Jones dick. Um, I mean, so in this game, uh, he's got you know everything going for him. Great O line, better O line than Miami. Uh, better front, and if you're gonna go on the other side of the ball, pass have a better front seven. Hundred percent. So the only weaknesses might arise at cornerback. Are you worried about the fact that Stephon Gilmore is not going to be around, and the fact that you know Jalen Waddle and Mike Kaziki and etc. could expose some of like the weaknesses in the secondary? Yes and no. Obviously. When you say like, how do you feel about not having one of the the top three, f- three to four or five cornerbacks in the league, healthy and active playing for your team? Obviously, that's uh, you know, there's no way to feel positive about that. But what I can say is that I'm confident enough in the depth and the Patriots' secondary 
between guys like uh, Jonathan Jones and J.C. Jackson and some of these other young guys that they got back there. They got a very deep, talented secondary, Jalen Mills, another guy they brought in. And then their front seven should be dynamite. So this is a team that, like, while they obviously could benefit from a Stephon Gilmore and might even need him to be able to go into, like, a Kansas City and win or, like, you know, Definitely need them. I think you need them. But I think for right now, you're deep enough that you can get by. Okay. So if Gilmore is playing this game, hypothetically, what do you think the spread should be at? How much of a point differential? Do you think – so right now they're at minus three at home. Do you think they bump up to minus four and a half? Like something like that? Like is he that important? Um, Talking like – like usually when it comes to defensive players, like – uh, like a defensive player getting ruled out doesn't equate to like a plus. Like if Aaron Donald got ruled out for Sunday Night Football randomly, I think the Rams would still be like minus six and a half or se- like minus seven against the Bears. You know what I mean? Like, well, so it I- does. It usually the diff- like the point differential is only one and a half at most for a key defensive player being out. So what do you think? I mean, do, I per- do you think they would be a minus four and a half favorite with Gilmore? I don't know if. And it- do you think they would? Like, obviously smash that. <laughs> I don't know if the spread would change that much from Gilmore, but I do think, for all intents and purposes, not only do I not think two is a good quarterback, but I kind of think of him as like a rookie. I you kinda, still think of him as a rookie? I still kind of do, because you know what? He didn't come in and, like, he didn't start the season last year as the guy, right? No, this is his first year coming in, like, under center as the guy. Last year, he was like, the young rookie that we decided to throw in there to like help him develop and get along and see what he could do right like and see how like you know how much he could progress now he's the guy so he went from being in he went from being in my opinion a not so talented dude that was just asked to like come in and be a rookie to now a not so talented dude that's asked in his second year to come in and be that guy, be that starter. And he doesn't have a full year of experience under his belt. And we have seen continuously what Bill Belichick does to young quarterbacks, rookies, even second-year quarterbacks. He eats them for breakfast, for goddamn oh, yeah. breakfast. Yeah, he does. And so, I don't know. I don't have much faith into it to begin with. Then You saw what he did with Justin Herbert last year. That's that guy, exactly like, like, what that's I, a, yes. like, I mean, that was – what was the score of that game? It was like 40-something to like – Disgusting. It was just we spanked them. Made him look like Sam Darnold. Oh, we ex- exactly, <laughs> like, exactly. So yeah, I, and we were I, the only team to do it. Too. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. Which is so. Yeah, it goes to show that Belichick can really get you know uh, a young quarterback feeling like, oh wow, I don't belong for here. sure. Yeah, so, I'm 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 I'm, t- I'm hammering Pat's minus three here. I am as well, and that's no surprise. Yeah. Uh, all right. Next one. Let's uh. Let's kind of go through these a little quicker. Let's go through Green Bay minus four at New Orleans. Yeah, I mean, all all I can pretty much say about uh, New Orleans is that they're a team that I think they're super, super average on like every side of the ball. And I think Green Bay is just going to just show that they're just leaps and bounds ahead of them offensively with with Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I think Jameis can obviously come in there and sling it, but... uh, the Packers' strength is their secondary. I think Jameis probably has like a you know at least one two interception night. I think the Packers come out maybe with a double digit victory. I think uh, that New Orleans team is hurting a little bit and struggling to find mm. an identity still. Yeah. Uh, notes 
for this game is that this game is not actually going to be played in New Orleans. Yes. It's going to be played in Jacksonville. Yes. And do you know why they picked Jacksonville? I don't know. They picked it because it would be the most expensive ticket for a uh, Green Bay fan, uh, plane ticket and everything. Really? Yeah, for some reason, like out of all their options, that 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 played a factor. Jacksonville's the most expensive place for someone from Green Bay to get. <laughs> it made like it, when crazy. I saw that, I was like, "Oh, that's weird." But like for Super some reason, weird. it was like the most hassle. Maybe yeah. it was like a because it was like you know uh, too too lay like a layover or something. Right. I don't know why that was that played a part of it, and also Aaron Rodgers' uh, record in Florida is not good. So, Ooh. yeah, right. no, that's why they picked that. Uh, okay. So if we're gonna put that into perspective, I still love Green Bay minus four. Yeah, I, I don't know why that. I don't like they should. New Orleans is a team that they don't know their identity yet, and they're running into a team that has a good chance at the Super Bowl. So, yeah, this one just don't overthink it. I love Green Bay here minus four. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um. Yeah. Uh. Let's go to. Boop, boop, boop. <laughs> this one is so shitty. Jacksonville at Houston. I'm actually so glad you brought this one up. I know. I have yeah, very, I very know, strong feelings Another three-point spread. It is Jacksonville, who is the favorite on the road, facing veteran Tyrod Taylor, who just got the starting job. That was really no surprise since Deshaun Watson is – Having some trouble in the uh, you know the legal department, and they the only other quarterback was a rookie. So yeah, yeah, it's Tyrod with um, let's see here, Brandon Cooks. They just got Danny Amendola, who I I can't imagine that he'll just jump in and be like, yeah, I'm your second receiver. <laughs> so uh, other I mean this game, man, I I don't know. Like they have they literally decided to bring in Mark Ingram. Uh, Philip Lindsay and like uh, yeah, Mark Mark Ingram, David Philip, Johnson. and they still have David Johnson. I thought they were gonna cut him or re- like trade him, which yeah, so they didn't. So they have those three guys, and the rest of their team is just horrible. Uh, yeah, what are your takes on this game? I love Houston. I know. Uh, I love. Houston plus three. I do. I think Tyrod uh, Taylor is an experienced quarterback. I think this Jacksonville Jaguars team stinks. I think they're dysfunctional. We've seen that they're not gelling well with Urban Meyer. Trevor Lawrence is still a rookie. Uh, their def- the Jacksonville defense also sucks. They still suck. I'm going to go with – I know Houston defense sucks, but I'm going to go with the home team and the veteran quarterback over – the rookie quarterback in just the dumpster fire of a team that doesn't even like their coach. Yeah. All right. It, with the uh, points too. Yeah, you're no, getting, you're getting, three, you're getting three points. The three points. I, I understand that. And it's pretty rare that a rookie quarterback just, you know, goes in there and all right, here's a thing for Trevor Lawrence. He looked really good. Yeah. And I like his three receiving options. And you know, I, I like Houston's defense is so bad. I, I don't know. Like, I this is a game that I personally I think will be staying away from. But if I had to pick, man, I part of me wants to go with the vet. Uh, the, I mean that does matter, uh, but I 
I think I'm going to go against you there. Jags All minus right. three. I All feel right. a little bit better about that offense than the Houston de- uh, Houston offense. Both defenses suck, so I'll take the better offense there. Okay. Hope that they cover. And if they don't, they just push. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't. You can't really have too much conviction about either team here. Hey, I'm not. I wouldn't be shocked if uh, Houston got crushed. Yeah. <laughs> so. No, I know. It's like you don't want to like really sound like you're too confident on them. But, right. Uh, yeah. That, there's that shitty game, and then I think we only have this one other game before the Sunday night prime time: Broncos at Giants. Um, all right. Yeah, and then we just got the. Uh, the Broncos minus three yeah. at the Giants. Uh, you know, some here at the Hedge Better, Hedge Better Studios uh, <laughs> really, you know, have some high hopes for the Giants. I don't know if you're one of them or if I'm one of them, but we'll find out right now. Uh, I mean, the Broncos are not really a team that is too threatening. Um, the fact that they're getting minus three at the Giants is something to, you know, really look at. I mean, the fact that the Broncos are... A lot, of, a lot of people think is the Broncos is a team that, you know, a lot of talent kind of across the board, but they're still a quarterback away. So I guess if you're a Broncos believer, you must be a Teddy Bridgewater believer. Um, so, but if that's, but you also cannot be a Broncos lover and still hate the Giants. So, where are you at right here? Uh, Giants getting plus three at home. How do you feel? Justin, I feel like did Vegas get it right? I think Vegas got it right, man. I okay. really do. I like. I'm. I don't think Daniel Jones is the guy. Uh, okay. Kenny Galladay, I think, is going to be limited. Limited. Saquon Barkley is probably going to be limited. They might be out there, but they're not going to be them full cells. This is a team that still has a lot of gelling to do. A lot of like. You know, soul searching. I think they got to find their identity. This is, you know, this is just a team that was fighting with Daniel Jones at the bottom of the brawl, you know, a, a, a week or two ago in, in, in practices. Uh, I think it's an uphill battle for the Giants, but I think it's a talented roster with a good coach and a good defense. Um, just depends on a how like can their skill players stay healthy? Can Evan Ingram come back and stay healthy? Can Saquon Barkley be a beast and stay healthy? Can Kenny Galladay be a beast and stay healthy? Can uh, Daniel Jones play like they believe Daniel Jones can play. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of question marks. I will say when it comes to the Broncos, I'm more sold on uh, Teddy Bridgewater than I am on um, uh, Daniel, Daniel Jones. Daniel yeah. Jones, yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. Uh, I think the Broncos arguably have just as good, if not a better defense. Yeah. Um, Skill players, I think now that they have a good quarterback, we're going to see this Broncos offense take the next step forward because they are stacked. They are stacked on offense between yeah. at wide receiver, at tight ends, at running back. Mm-hmm. This team and their O line is good. Their this O-line team is, good. Yeah. is stacked. If Teddy Bridgewater can stay healthy and play, and their skill players can stay healthy, they're going to be really good because this defense is good. How good? Like, do you think they can? I Give think this the is Chiefs a little bit of a run for their money, like that good, like, or like just like I think this is a they team can that be, they could beat the Chiefs. I think in, this is a team that can beat the Chiefs. Okay. I think this is a team that can beat the Chiefs. Okay, I think they actually split with the Chiefs this year. To be completely Ooh. honest, all right, uh, I could one hundred percent see them. I, I'm going to be circling my calendar for when the Chiefs come to visit Mile High, uh, because 
I'm actually, uh, I might be all about the Broncos, to okay. be completely honest. Yeah, I don't know when that game is, but I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you when it comes to the Broncos team. I have nothing really bad to say about Teddy Bridgewater. I mean, like, look what he did when Breeze went out. Like, he didn't he go like 7-0? and He did, and, and don't, people forget before... And before that, he was like, what, comeback player of the year with the Vikings? Like, everyone forgets about that year. Everyone forgets about that. And even when he started out his rookie campaign with the Vikings, he was mm-hmm. kind of lighting it the fuck up I until know. he tore his ACL. Yeah. So, like, this is a dude who is, every time he's been given the chance to play and start, he mm-hmm. excels. He's he one works. of those guys, like, I forget who I was talking about at the beginning of this, but, like, he's a guy, like, I think it was Jared Goff, like, he bel- he's a top thirty-two quarterback in the league, so he belong. He, I think Teddy Bridgewater 100%. should be a starter, but he's on- he's at the back end. But yeah. that's the thing. Like, does he make mistakes? If he if if he's not going to be making turnovers on right. this offense, and he's going to be just kind of moving the chains, run the run game, like get things going for him, I don't see why they can't get ten wins, ten ten and seven, like. Their defense is strong. Have we talked about that? Their defense is like, I think that's going to be, that's where this game to me is yeah. like where I like kind of have a difference. I think the Broncos defense is so much better than the Giants. I think they're so, they're this, I think the Giant, uh, the Broncos defense is going to wind up potentially being a top seven defense. Yeah. Like in the NFL this year, maybe like around six or seven. Um, and I just and think if they get that combination of like young, like talent with like veteran presence like mm-hmm. yeah no know. there's really no reason to hate the broncos here i it to me i was like at first glance i i mean i just kept seeing the spread go up i think like a couple months ago it was like broncos minus one and a half and then vegas started kind of hearing what i was hearing which is like a lot of negative news out of the giants like like preseason camp like a yeah. lot like injuries and then you know, there is a you know there is a brawl where like Daniel Jones right. is at the bottom of the pile. Like whenever I see that, I'm like, shit's yeah. not going well. And they only I, say what you want about Joe Judge. I think he's all right, but like they might not think he's they like. It's all about how the team like kind of perceives their coach. Do they respect him? Like yeah. he does. He, I don't think he's earned a lot of the respect yet. No. Um, to me, I think that defense is. I don't like. T, uh, uh, sorry, TJ, calling you out here. Like you think, like TJ thinks so that they're going to be like a top uh, five defense, no. probably top ten. I no. don't even value them as a like top fifteen. They're not even the best defense in their division. Oh, I'm well. That's obvious. Washington, so, like, Washington. They're to me. I don't even. I don't see their defense being a huge upside play. They're I not going to be able to. I, I don't know. I like, see the value. Like I understand what he's talking about in terms of the value that's. Yeah, there, they have good play, like but, a few good players, but like I don't know. Like to me, I think a team like the Broncos can just run all over them. I don't think their front seven yeah. is that strong. Um, yeah, no. For me, it's all about Teddy B versus Daniel Jones. I'll take Teddy B. I'll take the receiving core for the Broncos over the Giants' receiving core, who is banged up. I'll take the running backs for Denver, who are better than a banged-up Saquon and Devontae Booker. Yeah. So when you're coming down to like the you know the offensive players, it's Denver for me. And the Denver offensive line is way better than the Giants' offensive line, like way better. So to me, 
Offensively, I think the Broncos can kind of just run it down their throat and just make this a a pretty uncomfortable game for Daniel Jones. I, and, I, and their yeah. defense. Their defense can make it very uncomfortable for Daniel Jones. I do too. I don't think it's uh, I don't think it's any error that usually I like to try to find value when the home team is getting points. Oh, me too. But I, I'm, I was trying to figure this one out too, and I I, I couldn't find it. No, I, uh, I I feel pretty comfortable going with the at least Broncos money line. I think this is one of those games where I know we talked about with yeah. Carolina earlier, like where we said, oh, if they'll they win, they probably cover five and a half. I wouldn't be surprised if this was a game that the Broncos won but didn't cover three or three I and a half. I wouldn't agree more, which is why, like, yeah, I know. I yeah, this is one where like I. I'd like to run it back with Broncos money line as like a safety net. Mm-hmm. Um, I could totally see this being a low scoring 17 to 16 bullshit yeah, defensive exactly. battle. Like um, I, yeah, I, I agree with you on that one. I, that's why like we started off this by saying like, Oh, you know, I think Vegas kind of got this one, right? right. Like, uh, they started off Broncos like minus one, minus one and a half, and now I think it's finally right with the minus three on the dot. I can see the Broncos winning by a lot more, and which is why I'm going to be definitely betting on the Broncos minus three. Right. But yes, I I totally can see a world where this is a closer game, and you might have to sweat this one out. Yeah, I could I could see it being. Uh, I could see two, and again, I I know I don't think the Giants are a top five or ten defense, but I think they're top 15 defense i think they're a decent defense and i think this could be one of those you can't walk all over no No, i this could be a situation where it's low scoring affair see a couple turnovers and uh maybe some sloppy play who knows but yeah i think we're on the same page with the cool so we got we both are picking broncos minus three there yeah we'll take broncos there cool now we got a couple of primetime games uh sunday night we have the just gonna call it the greatest show on turf uh, taking the field at home with new quarterback Matthew Stafford. Uh, they will be taking on uh, Ginger Lowlife, Andy Dalton, and the Chicago Bears. Um, sorry for, like, I mean, you know, I can say that because I'm a, a ginger. Um, Andy Dalton sucks, though. Um, but this is the best Bears quarterback that we've seen in Chicago in – how long? Pretty much my entire life. They've never had a passer throw. They've never had a quarterback throw for 4,000 yards. No. I, passing, which is insane to me, which will change this year. Well, maybe it won't if they stick with Dalton for too long. All right. Here's – I feel like we got a little bit of a, a – uh, what's the word I'm looking for? A situation where, like, the Giants – I mean, the Bears are talking out of both sides of their mouth, right? They're – their logic is a little backwards, and here's kind of what I mean by that. You bring in a dude like Andy Dalton, right? Mm-hmm. Sure. Who, granted, he he was a decent quarterback in his day, right? Oh, I don't think he's like. All right, I know he's like not. At this point in his career, he's, he shouldn't really be a starter. He's no. a terrific backup, though. So, so th- okay. To me, that's what I don't get. So let, let me just to me point, at the, no, and and I and I hundred percent agree. So that's that's why I want to point out a few things, and you tell me what makes sense here. You bring in Andy Dalton, right? And you bring him in, and on day one, you name him the de facto starter. Are you and, talking before the draft? Or even after the draft. Oh, okay. So, after so, the draft, so, so they, this is now you have you have the whole have, time they were they were 
they were pretty open about it. They were like, oh yeah, Dalton's are weak. Right. Sorry. So, so people thought they were blowing smoke, but no. They're very true. open. Very true. So here's what I don't understand. They're very open about it, and they were honest about it, so obviously that's their intention. They brought in a guy like Andy Dalton to be their day one starter, right? Mm-hmm. And they said that definitively as if, hey, Justin Fields, he's starting on the bench no matter what, right? Yeah. Then, however, they go out, and they make comments like, Matt Nagy makes a comment like, well, I just hope Andy Dalton's able to hold it down until Justin's ready, right? Okay. And so... Here's what I'm not understanding. You clearly are looking at Andy Dalton as just a bridge quarterback and then a backup quarterback for your heir apparent to the franchise, which is Justin Fields, right? Yeah, yeah. Yet, if he's nothing more than that, why isn't Justin Fields getting the opportunity to compete and start on day one? And why isn't he? I'll, I'll tell you why. Don't throw him out against the Rams. Are you kidding me? That could fuck up a guy against... The Bears don't have a strong offensive line. So that's where I think Matt Nagy knows. He goes... He says... He looks at his team and he goes, that's our weakness. My God, I cannot throw... Like, once he saw the schedule, he was like, there's Sunday Night Football? Justin Fields? Like, like, sure. Like, I think he's ready, but like, I don't want to roll him out on that. That's a tough game. That's... Same thing we were talking about Dak Prescott tonight, like or like tomorrow night. Is that's a bad fucking beat? Like getting I, getting that kind of that's your first game back. Can I ask you this though? Sure. If you think of some of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, right? Okay. Think of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. I feel like even as rookies, that would be the game that they want. Sunday yeah. night football, week one against a powerhouse defense. Give it to me. Like, that's the mentality that separates. Like, so I I get what you're saying from the coaching standpoint. They're trying to, like, help him. But, like, don't you want a dude that's not going to be, like, like ruined for life if he comes out in week one against the Rams and, like, throws a few picks and gets sacked a couple times? I Oh, I, I can tell you what I would do if I was the coach. I'd yeah. be starting Justin Fields. Right. I'm not the coach. Matt Nagy's the coach. And, right. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, oh, I totally can see. Like, I bet Justin Fields is probably telling him, hey, I got this. Like, 100%. And I bet and Justin Fields has that kind of, like, he has that confidence in himself. Like, you saw him in that game where he, you know, got his ribs broken and, you know, back when he was with Ohio State and yeah. still, you know, gutted his way through the game. Right. That guy wants to be on the field. There's no way that he's telling them, like, you know, I he can he would probably go into the coach's office and, and say, I can beat the Rams. Well, 100%. Like, like he's, he seems like one of those guys. And they're just like, you know what? We appreciate that. But, you know, we're going to take, like, that's one of the worst matchups literally of all time. And to do that week one with everyone watching, I think, I don't know. I know what I would do. I, I, I actually don't. <laughs> I, act, I act like, I don't know. It's like one of those, I, I get it. Like, so when you draft a quarterback in the first round, you do have every intention. If you don't start that quarterback in year one, you're a dumbass. Right. But yeah, no, I, I totally get the whole thing of, yeah, you know, let them watch like four regular season games. Just so it's a different speed. It's a different speed, different atmosphere. Yeah. Uh, you you know, I, I bet Justin Fields would be ready and he wouldn't shit his pants against the Rams. I really don't think he would. 
I think they would have a better shot of beating the Rams with Justin Fields. That's why I I, I agree with you. To end my statement here, the Rams minus eight and a half, or is it my? It's minus eight, I think. It may, yeah, yep, minus eight. I am all aboard. The Rams yeah. are going to just absolutely Tool. make it look Tool disgusting on them. It, they were talking about one of the best offenses, one of the best defenses on one team with Sean McVay, and they got a new quarterback. We saw this team get to the Super Bowl against the Patriots and fail miserably because they had Jared Goff, and now they make yeah. an upgrade with a number, another number one overall pick. And this guy, Matthew Stafford, has been he has been dealt a shit hand for his entire career, and now yeah. he gets a chance to just start a new beginning and i think he is going to come out just absolutely guns blazing you, you know what? with his new weapons i mean he robert woods cooper cup tyler higby and then he's got deshaun jackson who like has been under the radar like been like a sneaky good like and he's been healthy yeah. that's that's his that's his problem i know he's not going to be healthy all year but when he is on the field He's going to be able to stretch that field and 100%. and allow those other guys to get open in the middle of the field. He, they have a that's a problem, and I don't think the Bears are ready. The Bears are no longer like the top five defense that yeah. we kind of remember them to be. So that's where I'm. I'm all about the Rams here. Yeah, I'll I'll ride with you on that. I'm all about the Rams as well. I think it would take an absolute miracle for uh, for the Bears to come out and do anything besides get stomped all over. Uh, again, if you look at like yeah, I don't know. I, I think I think there's really nothing more to say there. Like Bears are Bears are going to be an average team this year. Uh, they're better off with Justin Fields. I think Week One uh, they just they don't yeah they fall short. Rams come out and smoke them. Yeah, don't overthink it, boys. No. Uh, yeah, definitely. Sometimes your, it's that simple. It, honestly. Yeah, there's some it games is. that you just don't overthink, yeah. and I think that is certainly one of them. You I just, agree. Yeah. Big caveat, though, and I will say this, and I think as a huge Stafford fan, you can attest to this. Yes. The huge, huge question mark. I was trying to keep my Stafford uh, like fanboy uh, thing like under wraps, but no, I, I well, me there. We every we, the fans the fans appreciate the the professionalism and the, the unbiasedness, but okay. we got to call it like it is. We got to call it like it is. Yeah, you know you, you know Stafford better than better than a lot of people. I do. So let me ask you this. Okay. How real is it that there's a chance that this dude incurs like some sort of season-ending injury, or not even season-ending, but what, what, some sort of injury where he has to take time off? Like, I feel like he's gotten a, a Stafford. Stafford. Whoa, whoa. I, hold on. Look, I don't, I, I don't want to be oh, that guy, but wow. I just feel like he's gotten this rap the last like four or five years just being a very injury prone dude. He's in, a good, back. in a good mood, and you kind of just put me down there, like, dude. That, I'm just. Like, Look, bad vibes, man. That's, that's not been good. that's been my one my one uh, one one res- reservation of Matt Stafford. Mm-hmm. I think if he's healthy, he's a top maybe even three, but at least top five quarterback. And that Rams team is a top five offense in the league. But I just worry about him being healthy. How healthy has he been recently with Detroit? Not super. So, all right, I haven't been able to talk to Matthew in a while, and 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 just to clarify, he doesn't like to be called Matt. I've seen some uh, Instagram posts like it was like it was uh there was some Instagram post it was like uh, the most bet on MVP bets this year. Uh, the top three were like Josh Allen, Mahomes, and then Stafford, but they wrote Matt Stafford. 
He doesn't like. He takes offense he when like you. It. He doesn't like it. I'm just letting everyone know. Yeah. Do not call him. Don't Matt. call him Matt. If you know him well, like I do, call him Matthew. That's and his first name is actual John. It's it's John. His first name is John. John Matthew. John Stafford. Matthew Stafford. Yep. So, anyways, uh, yeah. Now you guys know how obsessed I am with Matthew Stafford. Uh, yeah. No, he's had some injury uh, issues in the past. But I mean, have you ever watched the uh, video of him coming back against the Browns when he broke his shoulder, dislocated it or something, and he went on the sidelines and they were like, "No, you can't go back in the game." He's like, "I'm like, get me the fuck out there!" And he just threw a game-winning touchdown with like literally no seconds on the clock. It, the guy, I know. All right, the guy has he, like he's not gonna like go out at all this season unless he literally cannot throw the ball. Um, so the only injuries that I'm like worried about is the shoulder. So, but like their O line is good. Or the back. I th- what the back issues? The back. That's a back. That's been his main issue. He has had back, back issues, but I'm not like so. Detroit's O line versus right now the Rams O line. I don't know. I can't really make good comparisons, but right now the Rams have a pretty good O line as long as they stay healthy. I have no reason to expect that he gets hurt. Um, that's where I'm at. I am not willing to predict injury. He's he's had some very he's had sixteen game seasons before. Why can't he do it again? Oh, with he, a new team that will protect him better. I don't know. That, that's where I'm at. I don't no. know. I just think they have a better scheme, better. I I just everything better. Yeah, all right, you know, forget what I said. I didn't mean no, to kill it's the okay. mood. No, it's okay. I didn't mean to kill the mood. No, but it's okay. No, it's worth noting. It's it's okay. I think it's worth noting that he hasn't been the most durable quarterback as sure. of late. But if healthy, I think he guarantees to be a top five quarterback. And that Rams okay. offense is top five offense. Okay. All right. I'm glad we're on the same page yeah. with that. All right. Hopefully, Matthew, you can stay healthy. Cheers, um, we're man. all praying for yeah. you. All right, uh, and then, so that's the Sunday night game. Then we only have one Monday night game. It's uh, the Baltimore Ravens going to Vegas. Yeah. Yes, I wish I was going to Vegas. Playing in the Death Star. Yeah, I know. Uh, so no one's really high on the Raiders this year. I can attest to that. I think everyone could pretty much lock them in as your – well, not everyone. as your, But the third or fourth team in that division, I mean – Chiefs are going to destroy them. Chargers should destroy them. And then, I mean, I think the Broncos should probably. I think they might go 0 6 in that division if we're going to start there. Where do you think, like, where do you think they stand in that division, the Raiders, before we talk about this matchup? To be honest, the Raiders are one of those teams that I really don't know what to make of this year because they don't strike me. I mean, like, their offensive line was dismantled absolutely uh, it's disgusting completely dismantled did. like that defense is still like average they like, did nothing to make that defense better nothing to make it better it was an average defense last year i, I i'm not going to say they were below average they, but then it certainly weren't above average they were an average defense with an average to at times below average offense something like i sometimes Carr just like could like you you watch him play and he makes mistakes that only rookies and like you know first year players make and it's like what are you doing dude like it's either he's either flashing brilliance or he's like literally acting like geno smith like i, I, I don't know. you don't even yeah. understand it but i don't know yeah and then you then you factor in the fact that like we said they dismantled their offense i don't know i i'm not super high on them i think that will be a team though that like is one of those teams just like in any sport like can every, win any game and lose any we saw, game. We, we saw exactly. them last year. They beat the Chiefs. Right. So, yeah, yeah, no, 
They're like a weird team. I, I yeah, this is a weird spot too because Baltimore's been kind of like I always look at trends and like Baltimore's trending technically in the wrong direction with their offensive weapons getting hurt and uh, people. I know like a lot of analysts and whatever talk about them being a pretty strong defense. Like taking an, I don't. I think their days of being an elite defense are somewhat over. They lost Judon, and you know they they lost some key pieces. I I think they're more of just like a average, like a, a, a they're definitely above average. Like the whole team in general is above average. But I'm done talking about them as like a a stud team in the AFC. I I don't know about you. So, I mean, look, obviously losing Dobbins and and Hill really takes a big hit to that running game. And now we're really going to have to see a, a few things. Uh, What can Lamar Jackson do? Not only as far as bearing the, the workload of the rushing on his feet and then standing in there and delivering in the pocket, but B like can Gus Edwards step up to the plate and bear the workload that, a team that's built to run like is gonna is gonna have right the thing they got going for them is they really did beef up their offensive line and they probably should have one of the top five if not top seven offensive lines in the nfl this year Mm -hmm. um and that you know as far as that goes you can't really complain about that uh their passing game is probably going to be a little to be desired for like we said they got some injuries starting out that Mm -hmm. could be a team though that at the end of the year when everyone's healthy and they're gelling they could catch fire oh, uh, yeah, for sure and, and be very dangerous but uh i think that defense too you know we always forget the ravens seem to have like this this method of like growing superstars through the draft and then eventually they leave and they just replenish them like they still got guys like patrick queen and i believe they drafted another absolute stud this year too um i think he's thinking of the linebacker or defensive lineman someone oh, on the front the, seven they get oh no no i'm thinking about someone else the colts got um, yeah, no, continue. But they, they essentially, I th- that's still going to be a good defense. They still got a good secondary yeah. with guys like Marlon Humphrey out there. Um, yeah, I, I, I still, should, I still like the Ravens. You still like their defense? Yeah, I still like their defense. I, I, I they're not super top heavy, but still solid. Right? Is where you're they could, at. they could be overhyped, but I think they're okay. good enough to come out and smoke the. They the should Ravens be able- week one. Okay, yeah. so that's where you're at. You're yeah. saying a defense like Baltimore. Probably top, maybe 10th defense in the right. league. Should be able to handle an offense like Vegas, where they really didn't improve at all. I mean, the only thing they did on offense was add Kenyon Drake, which is just a just silly business. Just an absolute cuck you to Josh Jacobs. I know. I don't know. Josh Jacobs could catch the ball. In in college, why why why? I just did. Can I can I be and honest? They gave Ken Drake good money, big money. That's one of the most puzzling. Is, it was like one of the first moves too. Yeah. it was like whoa. What? What? One of the most puzzling moves of the offseason. John Gruden is like trying to get fired. He must be because <laughs> you know what? If that if you looked at that team right, especially after they dismantled their offensive line. Khalil Mack. Yeah. <laughs> did you see that they tried to get him back? Dude, no, they it's didn't. A, yes, they did. They tried to get There's him back. There's a literal report that they, they asked the Bears for Khalil Mack. <laughs> and then they were just like, no. Absolute idiots. Like, that was one team where if you looked at them from top to bottom after last year and after they dismantled their offensive line in the offseason, and you said, well, what can we build around, I guess? What do we have to build around? I would have been like, Josh Jacobs. I guess that's the. I guess that's one dude you can build around. Somewhat. And they go out and 
Just get a backup for him. Get a backup for him. Like, dude, get defense. Get another Good O-line, shit. man. Like, get a weapon, dude. They suck. I, John Gruden, man. I had hopes of John Gruden, dude. I, I did, too. I, I was, like, worried about him, like, kind of, like, making a statement. And I was, too. Because that was right when, like, the Raiders were kind of starting to peak a little they bit. They were peaking. Yeah. And, oh, they... It was uh, his first draft pick of uh, the Clemson defensive end, like Cleveland Col- Farrell. Yeah, Farrell. Yeah. Col- I think it's Colin Farrell. Uh, uh, Cleveland is uh, Cleveland Farrell. Yeah, Farrell. I remember that, I was, it, that he ever, reached on him. Literally, everyone, like Raiders fans everywhere, were just jaws dropped. Like, what? We could have got that guy in like the late first because they 100%. had like so many firsts. They did, and they so they threw up all of themselves, and they <laughs> continue to so. Uh, yeah, so there is my take on the Vegas Raiders. I long season, definitely the fourth seed in the AFC West. Do you agree with that? I think you, that's you did talk highly of the Broncos and love the Chargers. Yeah, you, there's no way you can't say that. No, I, I think that's something we can both unanimously agree on. Is yeah. they, they're the last place team. This is not going to be a good year for them. And here's yeah. the thing, um, yeah, no, I. This is a big year for Derek Carr, and again, I'm not this like this anti Raiders take is not anti Derek Carr take. I think he's a solid quarterback that belongs in the league, that just isn't in the right spot. And yeah, yeah we talked about like Sam Darnold tonight. We both kind of like. I think the Jets might beat them week one, but or we'll play tight. Sam Darnold has a very very high ceiling with the the Panthers and he does. all it takes sometimes is a just an just a different uh change of scenery. And I think that's kinda what Derek Carr needs and that's what's gonna happen after they suck big time this year. So I sure. uh, I am like I'm just like closing my eyes a little bit, thinking like oh, big game in Vegas, crowd's wild. Right. Four and a half. I could be shooting my pants, but no, I'm gonna go with the Ravens minus four and a half on that one. Like, I just, I, I, I can see it being a little, a uh, little bit of a sweat, but I think they ultimately that run game is gonna be just electric. Uh, Gus Edwards, uh, just for a little stat, is like, in his, I think he's his third year. He's had three years under his belt. The only guys to average five yards a carry with like a certain amount of carries, like a good amount in his first three years is Nick Chubb and Gus Edwards. Like they're the only ones in three years to, uh, in his first three years of playing NFL football to average five yards a clip after three seasons. Yeah. The, uh, definitely going to be an He's opportunity for this dude. Definitely going to be an opportunity. Um, but yeah, I think, uh, honestly, I think, you know, we did a nice, a nice big long, episode here and i think we needed it because week one is just of so much to digest and talk about like i'm looking back at all the games and looking back at everything we talked about and like there really wasn't a single game where we could just be like all right this is Lay a up. joke let's move on like, like you really did need to analyze everything no, this week yeah you know? even the ones that like i thought were a layup like yeah. after talking to you i was like wow all right yeah, maybe you know this isn't this isn't quite a layup so. exactly yeah, um, no, it's definitely worth, like, going over and kind of just seeing, like, where, you know, where the value lays. And, yeah. So, all right, so let me ask you this. Uh, we just went over all the teams. We gave all our picks. 
what's your what's your mortal lock what is your like send it okay. to the send it to canton like enshrine it put a uh, bust of it what's your what's all your right lock? so um so we all right so, so just to let everyone know we did actually do an episode last week which right. will not be coming out because you know it's more just, for us, like an internal. It, it was practice. a it was a good yeah. rough draft, yeah. and also I forgot to introduce myself. Um, <laughs> but you know what? So in that podcast, I had a different lock. Okay. And now it's a week later, and I'm feeling I'm feeling a little different, getting a little feeling. <laughs> the Vikings minus three. Adam Thielen gets two touchdowns and absolutely destroys the Cincinnati Bengals. I got Vikings minus three as my mortal lock, and I don't care who knows it. I don't care that Justin feels so confidently about Cincinnati. <laughs> Sometimes we have to have a little bit of conflict on the show, and I'm not willing to make a side wager with him if he wants to run it back and say since he's plus since he plus three is his mortal lock. I'll let him take the stage, but but let me just finish off. Kirk Cousins against man coverage is just it's against Cincy's man coverage that without their starting cornerback it's a layup bet the Vikings minus three hope it doesn't go up to three and a half before you hear this so this is pretty ballsy right because you know we're talking mortal locks and we got a lot of games to choose from a lot of bets that we could choose from here too many too, too many, many to pick from and I almost feel like my mortal lock is gonna either make me look like a genius or just completely discredit me for the rest of our our podcasting days here. Don't. Uh, but I'm gonna go ahead and do it. I'm gonna go ahead and put my mortal lock for the week at Houston Ooh. plus three. <laughs> Literally one of the like the favorites for getting the number one overall pick next year. Yeah. Okay, Houston. Right. I think they plus come three. out. I think they come out plus three. I think Tyrod Taylor, that talented running back uh, core, uh, Brandon Cooks, Chris Conley. Uh, that's a team that I think is going to come out in at home and beat a young rookie quarterback and a team that absolutely is dysfunctional with no defense and doesn't even like their coach. That's my mortal lock. Lock it in. Houston comes out. And starts off the season one and zero. Oh. And if they don't start it. off one and zero, they're at least covering that plus three. Wow, I love it. I mean, I don't have the balls to do it because just be, just because both defenses are horrible, but they are. Hey, I love it. Vet vet versus the rook. I'll hey, I like the vet plus three a little bit. I'll take it. I like it, Justin. I really do. I really do. Uh, yeah. Do you want to? Oh, real quick. Uh yeah, we know right now that you uh you know you probably already finished up your fantasy football draft. Ooh. Uh, so sorry I couldn't give you my team, but in all my guys. So you know, ride with your guys. I'm fine with that. But just keep an eye out for a few guys who may have hit your waivers, and they might just completely be free to add. And yeah, yeah, I I feel like one of these guys. Mm-hmm. They might not be available in my league because I'm with a bunch of sharks, but they might be available in yours. So, I'll start off with one, and then Justin will go. Right. I am going to go with 
Joshua Palmer of the Los Angeles I know you Chargers. Uh, this is a guy. He is. He was a third round pick. He's a rookie. Uh, his strengths are being a like a very good deep ball threat. He is. He really didn't like dominate throughout college. Uh, I actually don't even know where he went to college off the top of my head, and that's totally fine because I know the Chargers believe in him, and they actually just cut ties with who was it? Uh, was it J- Jalen Guyton? No, they kept Guyton and they got rid of. Oh, uh, I know you. T- uh, another guy who was like a last year. Didn't I have him on my dynasty league? Yeah, some something. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm, forge- I'm forgetting. The exactly, name. he's forgettable. So yeah, very forgettable. Uh, the ch- so the Chargers have now locked in Joshua Palmer as their uh, their starter. Uh, if you look at their depth chart, he is the third starter, and he should be in a lot. And yeah, um, just to look out for Mike Williams always gets hurt. Exactly. He has crazy upside. Mike Williams has had a ten touchdown. Uh, season before i think it was his second season in the league and that was with philip rivers justin herbert if you believe in justin herbert you need to be in on joshua palmer and that's where i'm at he has when i'm gonna say when mike williams goes down i'm not obviously we don't pray for injuries or anything but that guy just cannot stay healthy but you know what Joshua Palmer will get a huge opportunity, and we might even see a little bit of it week one with Mike Williams on the field. So I'm going to go Joshua Palmer. I like he it. has crazy upside if Mike Williams ever goes down, and he still has good like flex. If you're in a whatever 12 team league, can be a nice flex even without the Mike Williams injury. I like that. Thank you. What do you got? So. I alluded to him earlier, and big caveat here, people, big caveat, he does have a history of injury, he's not necessarily the most durable guy, but he has shown that when he is healthy and when he can stay on the field and play, he is productive and he is a monster, okay, and you know who I'm talking about? I'm talking about big Tyrell Williams over in Detroit, okay? And here's the thing. Everybody wants to fade Detroit because everyone thinks Detroit's going to suck. And I agree, Detroit, you know, they're not going to be a great team. But like I said, they got something to prove. And what are we forgetting here, people? Even though Jared Goff is a huge pussy, he still was able to sustain two top 15 to 30 consistently fantasy receivers every year, right? Very and now, true. who's he going into? He's got TJ Hawkinson, and he's got Tyrell Williams. He's got, I, I know he's got St. Brown and a few other guys that are kind of trying to vie for that like second wide receiver spot, but the number one spot is Tyrell Williams. He has that job, and when he's healthy, he'll be out there. Let's not forget, this is a team that, while they may have DeAndre, uh, DeAndre Swift and uh, Jamal Williams in you know, a good rushing attack, they're probably going to be playing from behind a ton this year, right? Oh, absolutely. And this is, and, and this is the team that's going to need to pass the ball. Jared Goff, like I said, well, I don't want him to uh, uh, be my guy in, you know, in the fourth quarter on a game-winning drive. I'm very, very interested to see how his connection with Tyrell Williams looks this year if they're, uh, if they're both healthy and playing. Uh, I think he's a guy that can either be going in you know, probably one of the last rounds of your leagues, if not a complete waiver wire ad. Um, and so keep an eye out for him. I know I personally took him, I think, with like the last pick of the draft, something like that. Mm-hmm. 
and I just think you know he's for now he's a he's the number one target, number one wide receiving target on an NFL team with a decent quarterback. So I'll take a flyer on that. That's solid. I uh, that's something that I haven't been able to, um, you know, put any shares in. I, I totally don't want any receivers on Detroit. But hey, <laughs> it's every year. Like get if you get there, if there is a number one option on a team, right. He is he is valuable. My take with the Lions is just that they might just eat into each other. And but okay. but no, Tyrell is. I mean, his ceiling is if he stays healthy, he could he could put up some big numbers. I mean, the way like, I, not big numbers, but like some very good numbers for a last round pick. I mean, like, the way I look at it is right now. Brandon Cooks is like a receiver that's being drafted. Like he's kind, he's like he's on. Oh, he should be. Yeah, that's you know what I mean. Like he's like on people's radar. That's a a very good comp. You know, and he's the wide receiver one on a team like Houston. And that's everyone's take on Brandon Cooks. Oh, he's the best guy on the team. He should right. Same thing with Tyrell. I'll take Tyrell and I'll take Jared Goff over uh, Tyrell Taylor every day. So that's that's my that's a good way to look at it. I like it. Uh, Got a couple more here. I. uh, Let's go with the tight end position. I feel like, uh, you know, if you don't end up with Kelsey or Kittle or Waller in your draft, what do you do? Yeah. The mid-rounds, you're, you know, you're wasting a pick on. Andrews isn't bad. Neither is Hawkinson. Neither is, uh, you know, the other guys going around there. Kyle Pitts. We don't really know much about him. Some guy uh, on the hedge better... uh, Field keeps taking him every single draft, and I'm sure he's gonna curse him. I'm gonna not call you out here, Tim. But uh, yeah, no, I uh, I think it's if you don't get one of those top three guys, you should probably just go late. Uh, there's plenty of great late tight ends, and one guy that's on our waiver wire right now in our home league that yeah. I would love, but I already have two tight ends, yeah. and I just can't pick them up. It's Gerald Everett. Oh, hundred uh, percent. So Wait, is he? He's. he's, on, he's I on, thought he was draft. Didn't Dutcher draft him? Dropped him. He dropped him. Oh yeah. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I may have just helped Justin out here. Interesting. I can't pick him up because oh. I have Higby and Johnu, and I right. just there's no way I'm holding three. Here's my Gerald Everett take. It's that Seattle hasn't had a very viable tight end in a while. Yeah. Uh, the last one was. Like Jimmy Graham, but even Jimmy Graham at that point was not very good. No. But in that year that he was good, he was like a top twelve tight end. Uh-huh. And he was he very he finished in the top like three some weeks, plenty of times. So Russell Wilson, he's very good. So is DK Metcalf, so is Tyler Lockett, but sometimes the third target has to eat. When that's a tight end, it's very valuable for fantasy. So Gerald Everett, uh, he comes into Seattle. He was sharing time with Tyler Higby for a while with the Rams. And then and then uh, he goes to Seattle, and I guess their new offensive coordinator is actually like there was there's some there's some tie. I, I'm like I don't want to completely butcher it, but the Rams like offensive coordinator went to Seattle and he very much wants Gerald Everett to be like a focal point. Like right. I've heard that it's it, it's either a tight ends coach or I forget what coach, but like they're bringing some of that system over to Seattle, and Gerald Everett should be a very very 
like big target monster. As like when I say target monster, he should get seven targets. But for a tight end going that late, literally undrafted, like that's just stupid. Uh, that should be a very good offense. Uh, that's the thing with me. If you're taking a tight end late, make sure they're part of a good offense. Seattle should be a pretty good offense. So Gerald Everett, and he's very athletic, very big, and he's proven that with Tyler Higby being out, he can be very, very valuable. That's happened in the past. So now he's the only tight end in Seattle. So yeah, Gerald Everett. I don't don't overthink it. I I mean I, I don't want to it. carry three tight ends on my uh, team, but I really want to. Uh, I, I absolutely love it, and especially because kind of what you said, going back to the Jimmy Graham days, and even when Will Disley first came in the scene and was oh, healthy, what we've seen is that when Russell Wilson has a viable tight end, think oh. of even what he did with guys like uh, uh, Luke Will. was it? Luke, was it Luke uh, Will? Luke, uh, Luke Wilson, Luke Wilson, and some of those Hollister. other guys, Hollister, Hollister, and, and, Hollister, and some of those dudes. Uh, dude, he targets them in the he red zone. He loves, likes them. he loves. Gerald Everett's a big dude. Like, like he he has some crazy ceiling, and yes, people aren't treating him like like just like he's. Eh. Yeah, no, you. He, he should he should be drafted in every league, and I. I have a problem that he's on my waivers. You, uh, you, you, one hundred percent know how high I am on him, so you know I'm in agreement with with him being uh, one of one of your guys. I love it. I would say uh, if if we're looking at a tight end, here's a dude uh, that I don't think like people talk enough about. Like, I mean, it's not that he flies completely under the radar, but I just think like he's not in the category enough to be like a top five tight end in the NFL this year. And that's Logan Thomas. I absolutely love Logan Thomas. I think, I think Ryan Fitzpatrick has shown that he loves the tight end. He targets the tight end. You look at what he did with a guy like Gesicki last year, like last year, Gesicki was a, a major, uh, especially when Fitzpatrick was the quarterback, obviously it tailed off a little bit once, Tua took over, but when Fitzpatrick was behind the helm, like Gesicki was a major uh, game changer for teams. And I think Logan Thomas is very talented. He's coming off of a his best season, and he's only getting an upgrade at quarterback that he's uh, rumors have it that he's building a, a good rapport with, one that favors tight ends. And when you look at it, that's not exactly a team that I get it. Like I love Terry McLaurin and Curtis Samuel. I love Antonio Gibson. But that's not a team that has a ton of depth. That's not a team that you can Very look at point. and say that's like four or five like receivers and like where's all the volume going to go? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like that's a team that I can definitively say there's a good amount of volume that's going towards the tight end and, as yeah. long as he stays healthy. And not yeah, not to interrupt you, but like that, their offensive coordinator there, like people don't know this, but the Washington offensive coordinator, I can't think of his name right now because I I'm just not good with names is. But I know he likes to throw the ball. I, I, I know that's like part of his like repertoire. Right. And he just hasn't been able to because they haven't had good quarterbacks. Yeah. But like they, they want to throw. They they, they they do. And now they have Ryan Fitzpatrick. Uh Logan Thomas should be the third target there. Uh if however you want to like uh, however you want to deal with it. Antonio gives him Mike if you think he might get more catches, then sure, but I think Logan Thomas should get plenty of tires. They just gave him a nice new contract, and yeah, yeah, no, it's not. That's a pretty good pick. What do you? Yeah. What else do you have to say about him? 
Honestly, no, uh, honestly, not not much else other than the fact that like I think he's one of those dudes right now that's going in the like mid to later rounds, but can have some super like high like upside value. Like can definitely be like a top five tight end. And uh, yeah, I just keep an eye on him if he's uh, if he's available in later rounds. Cool. Yeah. Uh, here's another running back that maybe i mean i know he was snatched up pretty uh quickly in our not quickly but you know we have a pretty smart league so he was drafted but he's i i guess he's like like still not owned in like 60 plus percent of fantasy league so it's it's worth noting maybe you're in a league where he's still available so tony jones jr of the new orleans saints yeah i don't have any I don't have him on my roster, but I'm willing to say the guy has a lot of upside. They just released Latavius Murray because they liked this guy so much. Latavius Murray had a really good season last year, and they still said, yeah, no, we're good. We don't want to – we'll have you here, but we want to give you a pay decrease. And he was like, nah. So Latavius Murray is gone. Tony Jones Jr. is in, and – he has shown out in preseason, and uh, yeah, no. If you just look at his tape, he looks like a guy that can have standalone value as like a have him as your fifth running back. Oh man, like you might be able to just put him in your flex and just be like, all right, cool. He's gonna get four catches this week and see what else happens. Uh, right. I don't think he's gonna. I don't think he's gonna turn into anything like super special, but. Someone you might want on your bench because running back depth is uh, always something that you want to like kind of, you know, beef up before, uh, you know, shit happens. And yeah, that's a guy that I would start getting on your benches beforehand before everyone starts getting hyped up about it. For sure. It's, I think he's also someone too. You look at the situation right now, like now that he's the RB2 kind of behind Kamara, uh, this is a a Saints team that you know we haven't seen the likes of before in the past a Drew Brees list kind of like a middle of the road to bottom you know half of the league yeah Saints no, team this is totally different territory you know so everyone, there's so. there's a there's a really good shot that they're like you know out of some games or like out of the playoff race or something like that and they choose to lighten Kamara's workload to either save him or like not risk him in a meaningless situation and there's yeah. a real good chance Tony Jones get, sees a lot of, of, oh, yeah. of carry no yeah when it comes to like if you want everyone if you don't know the term handcuff it means it is literally the backup running back to the stud so when it comes to handcuffs like uh, the top ones are like Tony Pollard, but like like this guy Tony Jones, like literally, he's a handcuff. He turns into a stud if anything happens to Camara. Exactly. But I think he also can give you a little a bit, a little bit of help, even if Camara is doing well. Yeah. And you know, I don't think they want to use Camara that much. He's not a guy that has been a workhorse in his entire career. I mean, like, sure, he gets a lot of carries, but he's not built like a. Derrick Henry or Jonathan no. Taylor or no. whatever. So, yeah, no, uh, the Tony Jones pick, if he's available, just pick him up. Easy. Fuck you, TJ, for having him. Yeah. Yeah. Anyone else for you? You got a, you got a third guy? Uh, Third guy, if I, if we're talking about – are we talking about running back still? No, you can go wherever. I don't care. We're going wherever. Um, you know what? I'll toss, uh, I'll toss one more dude out there. And 
this is another wide receiver wide receiver one on a average to below average team that we just talked about where the quarterback play can be spotty and they're probably going to finish last def, almost definitely going to finish last in the division Henry Ruggs Ooh, okay yeah. Henry Ruggs and here's my thing yeah. with Henry so Ruggs so he's definitely getting drafted but yeah um, why so that's the thing uh, maybe not in all these but the yeah, thing go. is he's 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 probably getting drafted in later rounds like I'm you know I'm sure but here, here's my thing about him. It's not necessarily the fact that like he's going to be a waiver wire pickup in your league. It's more so the fact that this is a guy that I think where he's getting drafted at, he could significantly overperform that. Like people, oh, yeah. you know, the rumors are out there that this guy physically could be the next Tyreek Hill. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like he came out. He's, he's, he's a Bama guy. He's a exactly. He's an Alabama guy. He's coming into year two in the league now. My he's now he has a clear role as the definitive wide receiver one locked on at the top of the death chart. I know we didn't really see him used as much as people wanted to last year. My one one caveat is the fact that obviously from what we saw last year, he didn't he wasn't using the capacity that he should have. So even though he's the wide receiver one this year on that team, will they still kind of dick around and not utilize him like they should? Who knows? But if they do, and he's the number one wide receiver again on a team with a competent quarterback that's going to be playing from behind most of the time and need to take yeah. deep shots and go for it all, home run shots. I like a guy like Henry. Yeah, Rose. he can make a big. Uh, we, we see all the time. You know, everyone gets all tied up into like, you know, rookie receivers. Like after seeing Justin Jefferson go off last year, like everyone thinks like, oh, you know, you know, receivers should be going off their first year. Doesn't yeah. always happen. Yeah, you know? some guys uh, need that second year. You know that second year just to level up and that yeah. could be a guy so and also they just released john brown so that opens up a lot for him if john brown was still there i'd be like nah justin but, exactly exactly uh no yeah. the henry ruggs pick is uh yeah no it's looking even better and better so yeah uh yeah that's kind of uh what we got here for a few uh fancy guys to pick up if you already drafted uh Hopefully you don't let those guys slip through the waiver wire next week and everyone's going to be bidding on them. So, yeah, uh, I'm just seeing here there's one game that we didn't talk about, and I want to just go. I just want to go. Yeah, no, we have to talk about it. I know we have to because all the Falcons fans would be like, what? Falcons-Eagles, how do we forget those guys? So Falcons-Eagles, Falcons are minus three, and they're at home, and we can just do this really quick. Falcons money line is a lock, and yeah, I'll take the Falcons. Okay. And do you like minus three? Yeah, me too. All right, all right, yeah. Don't don't overthink it. The Eagles suck. Nick Sirianni sucks. Uh, Jalen Hurts yeah. is just like not proven at all. Yeah, and the Falcons' offense is better, so just don't overthink it. Yeah, yeah, cool. Uh, I I'm, <laughs> think I'm pretty good here. Yeah, that was a uh, that was a big one, guys. Appreciate you uh, tuning in. Obviously, we're uh, we're crushing right now. Yeah, you can see I mean, why I chose I chose this guy to come do some football. He's clearly got a lot of information, a lot of knowledge, huh? Uh, I mean, I I, I I try to hope so. I mean, I you know, some one of these days I'll finally see it uh, resonate into the uh, the bank account. And I think this will be the year. This will be the year. Yeah. No. So uh, yeah. Vikings minus three, and that is my mortal lock. And thank you for listening to Sunday School. Justin, thank you for having me on. 
thank you for producing everything and yeah good luck with everything uh with all your bets thank you you as well we'll be back uh obviously next week i think we're gonna try to bring on some new hedge better personalities each week to have like yeah. a third co-host kind of keep it fresh rotating with other hedge people hedge better people because uh like we talked about football is just one of those sports where like anybody and everybody loves to talk about it and can come on and shoot the shit and oh, yeah. uh be a great way to mix it up um and then obviously keep uh keep your eye out uh we'll have an instagram page coming soon keep an eye out on the youtube channel if you're not already uh subscribe go youtube.com slash hedge better check it out subscribe we'll be up there soon we'll be up on itunes spotify soon and uh check out everything else we got and uh we'll see you guys next week sweet i look forward to it let's do it peace Peace.